everybody. Welcome to Starville's House of L, the longest-running Superman Smallville podcast. And this is episode 81, our episode for the Smallville episode, Veritas. I'm Questio. Ver- I'm, I'm Steve. What? what? <laughs> Questio. It was not Veritas, Questio. dude, but we'll get there. Well, no, go ahead and, and, and say why it wasn't. Okay, we, well, we, you know, we have a, we've got a lot to... A, a lot of myths to unravel in tonight's episode. Indeed. Well, you know, the whole thing building up this show was, and not just from us at Shoe. you know, even after the writer strike was settled and we knew there were going to be some elements moved to Descent and that kind of thing, you know, the big thing was still a lot of stuff is going to be wrapped up about the mythology of the show. And all that happened in Veritas was there was more questions than answers. Well, there were some okay look okay i think a lot of people okay we we you and i we not the you know the in the british sense the not the royal, the royal we, we not the royal we talked up traveler a good bit in in the weeks leading up to it wouldn't you say yes and it lived up to the hype and it lived up to the hype now we talked up veritas and that may be my, my fault um because the event, all right, the, so much was changed, and I, I really was a little disappointed because, but I know they had to, and when I look at it from the sense that they had to change it so they could do the five more episodes, I was fine with it, but I, I was sitting there looking, and I was like, this is not the Veritas that was supposed to happen, but if you, you have to look at it in a much broader sense, and everything that was supposed to happen in Veritas will come to pass, it's just going to take a few more episodes to happen, Descent you know how like um uh exile and phoenix were like this two part huge yes yes i do almost the same episode almost continuous you know yes. but not really a a, a cliffhanger premiere kind of kind of deal it's going to be like that but on a whole nother scale and i and i'm sitting here thinking should i even say that because i'm afraid people are gonna be like all right let's all right we believed him about veritas and he let us down let's believe him about descent but no no because <laughs> like the trailer at the end of veritas that stuff wasn't even supposed to be in descent that stuff was supposed to be in veritas i'm like 97 percent sure um, well, you know... The stuff that wasn't in the pilot, of course. Right. And, well, the thing is, is with um, with Questio, you know, we were really expecting, like I say, a lot more. And I was, I was you know, I don't, there was just another big event that I was hoping and looking forward to that did not come to pass. And I think I'm more ticked, not ticked, but, you know, just disappointed than anything about that situation. Can can you say what that is? or? Oh. I don't know. I don't know if I can or not, so I'm not going Flight? to. Yes. Okay, well, then that's no secret that they said that that was going to happen. And that wasn't really even a result of the strike. That was just poor on the official descriptions part because everybody thought that was going to happen. And I'm glad we got what we were going to get. I didn't expect it to happen. I mean, I thought it was great that they were talking about it, but when they said she, you know, Kara attempts to teach Clark how to fly, my premonition was he was going to be on the barn and he was just going to jump and fall. Because Clark knows how to, let's, let's just get this out here for people who you can debate till the end of time, but Steve and I know it and it's the truth. Clark Kent knows how to fly. He chooses not to. I agree with that. I agree with that. It, it may be something deeper than choosing. It may be a mental block or something yeah. like that, but he knows how to do it if he just would. I but, can't you know, take, but really, I can't honestly, take pills. Honestly, had even that moment in the barn been he jumped out and fell. 
you would have been know, a lot happier. I would have been a lot happier. And I think that was where I think that was where the whole she attempts to teach Clark how to fly comes into play. At least he would have gotten out fall and and that would have been the then he would could have been like we don't have time for this. Right. And we, yes. You know, we, and and that would have been fine, but I'm glad we he he was ready, you know, he was there. He was prepping, he was breathing and that was more than we've gotten in, you know, in, in some in, in him attempting to, that was more than we've gotten in seven years. Yes, yeah. But let's just, I mean, let's be clear about it. Clark, you know, and we need to get to this more when we're talking about Veritas, but I think there's a lot we need to dispel about the episode going into this one. And you're calling it Questio because that's Latin for question, right? <laughs> it's a version of it, yeah. Uh, one version. There's about 1,700. Um, oh, I was going to go with falsus, uh, incorrect information, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um and let's let's be perfectly clear. I really enjoyed the episode. As did I. I mean, overall, I really okay. truly did. Yeah. We're not we're not bashing the episode at all because it was really well done. It was a very well written episode because there was so much history while looking towards the future going on for an episode that was supposed to be the season finale and could very well have been the series finale originally. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't know, you know. I mean, I had no doubt Smallville was going to be picked up for an eighth season, but they just didn't know if it was going to happen or not. So, uh, in an episode filled with, shrouded with so much intrigue and 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 mystery, and are they, aren't they? What's going to happen? I thought they did a very good job pulling it off, while getting some new scenes in there, fixing some stuff, probably lengthening a few commercials, and carrying over some of those scenes to. Uh, descent and probably what was originally going to be the cliffhanger over until the twentieth episode. Uh, for the yeah, there's there's now. probably some stuff they they they're even putting off into some other episodes, particularly the season finale. Oh, oh quest, yeah. yeah, or is it? Yeah, quest no. is the season finale now. Right? No, quest is nineteen. Oh, okay, so Arctic. Arctic is the season finale. Uh, those, yeah, we haven't announced that yet, but that, that'll be in our Smallville news. The nineteenth and twentieth episodes of the season are called Quest and Arctic. I'm sorry, uh, did I jump the gun? You're fine. I suck you're at fine. podcasting, dude. I, I'm, I'm, I implore you. You're fine. You're really oh, okay. You're, you're fine. And we're getting this out late. Um, one night it was my fault. One night it was Steve's fault. So it's both our fault. I just got, couldn't. You almost died yesterday. Well, we won't even talk about that. But uh, guys, send well wishes and and prayers and thoughts and get well notes to Derek. He almost died yesterday. I did not. Well, yeah. Okay. When, in fact, he's got an IV in his arm right now doing the <laughs> podcast. It's my cell phone cord. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I was pumped to do it Thursday night after the show, but my voice is still just like it's it's killing me right now. And and you know what they think it is. Tell us, Derek, because I'm anxious to hear. They think I might have swallowed part of a toothpick. I'm Derek the Beaver. I eat wood. So, that's reassuring. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if what that means more. Does that mean I'm such a fat ass that I don't look at what I'm eating and I just down it all real quick? <laughs> you, it, you, I was like, well, I don't have any dessert, so I'll just have a toothpick right or now. Or is somebody just trying to kill me? Because I'm going to go with the latter of the two. Or if you want to go with disgusting humor, you're picking your teeth and you're like, ooh, a snack. Wow. Um, so that was me. And then, so we were like, let's just not do it. And we got in, you know, we got on the forums, which happened to be down right now, I think. And we got in the chat room after the episode, because people were still in there, and we were like, guys, we we just can't. I can't do it tonight. I'm barely making it right now. Yeah, critical error to the forums. I hope the, hope we didn't lose everything there. Um, and so thank you to everyone for um, 
being understanding about that. And then we get to do it last night, and Steve bells on me. No, you. Oh yeah, I did bell on you last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, that was I'm you, sorry, Brosif. I'm sorry. Well, thank you for everyone for being understanding. Yeah, so we're back now, and we're we're gonna make pump this full of as much energy as we possibly can, and as we can muster, and and try to make it a, a good episode, and and still deliver hopefully on the length if we can uh, talk that much about it, which there was a lot of stuff to cover in Veritas. So we're gonna get in that minute. Let's um, let's deliver a little announcements on the shoe news front. Uh, because there are now three weeks, or a little less than three weeks, until Descent airs, we are going to take a vacation next week, because Steve and I need to put a Sky Next out. We sure do. Before they the, the robots start uprising, and we, we get in a lot of trouble. So we're going to take next week off from shoe. I think I think a two-hour Traveler and roughly a two-hour Veritas episode will enable us to do that without much uh, slack, wouldn't you? I think so, and you know, if you, any flack you want to have, direct it to me. Don't direct it to Derek. Yes, direct the flack to Steve. And you can you can email me at geekoutonline at gmail dot com. <laughs> oh, that hurt the laugh. Or come over oh. and put a comment on geekoutonline dot com. Um, or you can check out the Geek Out Online forums at House of Elf. <laughs> see, you see what I did there? I threw it back in. I did. I appreciate that. We're going to take next week off on the week of the tenth. There will be a shoe to to get all the news going again, because hopefully there'll be some more details on Descent and um, the episode after that, Sleeper, which is the 17th episode of the season. And then we'll be back on the 17th to deliver Descent. Now, Steve is not going to be with us that week. I sure won't. We've got some stuff going on in my town uh, that kind of pertains to my work. So Cream Corn Festival. To... Do what's that? Cream Corn Festival. Yeah, we <laughs> I know how that Well, goes. the Vidalia Onion Festival is happening right over in Vidalia pretty soon. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We've got the sweet potatoes going on here. So, you know, Uh-oh. that's all the vardaman, you know, that's all that's all good in the hood. Uh, sweet potato pie. Speaking of, of things, while we're just going through this, I saw 21 tonight. Huh. How'd that it, work out for you? It relates because Kate Bosworth and Kevin Spacey are both in it, Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. Amazing. Who are apparently a movie making duo at this point. That's like point, the third or fourth one they've done now. Yeah. Uh, you know, including Superman. Really good movie. I I need to go get that book now. Uh, Bringing Down the House is the name of the book. But that's one of the best movies I've seen in a really long time. They did an amazing job. <laughs> and they couldn't name the movie Bringing Down the House because it would have been confused with a bad Steve Martin movie. Yeah. With Michael Rosenbaum in it. I'm just tripping, boo. You see? We just bring it all back Look around. at there. Man. We just, just rolling it all around. It's a big circle. It's a big circle. So that might lead you to ask, what's Derek going to do for Descent? Well, boys and girls, hopefully that'll be the stuff of legends when Descent them. They got a kick out of that, by the way. I, I know. I appreciate all the kind, kind words about the music that well, I provided. It, well, you know, it really comes from the fact that they really enjoyed my ending to Smallville. So, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So it was just I was talking about it so epically that you put your the music ending with did it outdo we, my ending, sir. Yes, my outending <laughs> suck your ending into the vacuum cleaner. So that there it is. Just in case everyone's wondering, Derek's got a better end than I do. <clears throat> I'm pitching it to the uh, to uh, Miller Go next week, so we'll see what happens. But um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so hopefully, since going to be a big episode. Hopefully, it may. Maybe a video episode. Mm. Maybe. Mm. With. Your boy's gonna be on video. 
Are you a pedophile? With <laughs> three or four special guests. I'm not trying to give my hopes up. Just saying. It, it's going to be a packed episode. If everything falls into place. If the stars align and Steve stays out of my way for one week, then we might be able to make this work, children. That's right. <laughs> and you won't. And you will not miss Steve at all. No, because I, I fought for Steve to be here. I really did. And he's 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 ganging up. He's bailing out on me. Don't be silly, man. Don't be silly. Well, no, you're you're ruining it. It was all planned out. It was all perfect, and you're just like, yeah. Well, there's several things, like I say, what I've got going on here in town. Plus, um, that's just too much for one episode, man. People's iPods would literally explode. You need to come. You need to be part of this universe. Yeah. (laughs) Be in this universe. All you shooligans that are part of this universe. It's uh, it's a way of life essentially, is what it's become. That's right. So take part in this universe at Comic-Con in San Diego this July 2008. We are planning to be there, and um, God willing... And the creek don't rise. <laughs> we'll show up. <laughs> it's the hillbillies what go... What if we didn't? What if like the panel was just us not there? It's the hillbillies go to Maui. That's what it is. <laughs> We should all wear overalls. Well, you know, Graham and I uh, talked tonight. We we went to C21, and then uh, we ate, and we were talking about what all should be done. And and we've come up with some ideas, and I think we're going to have a good time. Uh, We are going to record it to release as an episode. So if you're in attendance and you ask a question, you'll be on an episode of um, Shoe. So that's always fun. That's right. We're calling it Shoe. We're not saying it's Tenth Wonder. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm jumping the gun a bit on that. But, you know, uh, well, it's still going to be you and me there. You could be Tenth Wonder. They could be like, hey, Mole. And we'll be like, hell yes. And then, you know, they just sit back down. <laughs> mole represent no eight, you know. And so. then I'll just have to look at Graham and be like, it's too late for chocolate pie. <laughs> Graham gets fed up, throws his water bottle down on the ground, storms <laughs> off the stage, and Steve and I reign supreme with the Smallville podcasting. Room. And then inevitably some Sky Extra will get up there. Yeah. And they'll be like, Robot Love Act. We'll be, be like, like, shut Robot up. Love Act. And we'll yeah. be like, shut up, Mole. <laughs> oh, we should like make them battle. Like, like give them gladiator swords and make them fight it out, which is the it's real late here, guys. <laughs> they, what we can do is we can get one side of the room going, robot, love, act, clap, 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 and the other one can go, <laughs> chocolate, mole pie, clap, 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 clap. You, are, you, are you saying the chocolate pie is on the same level of mole? Not at all, but I'm just saying that's no, the only way it I, fits. I think you just did, sir. No, it's no. the only way it fit, made a rhythm. I'll you got to have rhythm. rhythm. I, no, that's, no. I, no. Well, how about never give you up? Clap, 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 clap. I'll give you never going to give you up. I'll okay. give you that one. <gasps> I got Rickrolled bad the other day, speaking of that. Dude, you totally, I mean, you skunked me last week. <laughs> Which one was that? <laughs> you called me up. Oh, I called And, like, Steve. I answer the phone, and because, like, my thing when I answer the phone with Derek is I like sometimes to try to just say something that will make him laugh. Because I love Derek's laugh. It makes me happy. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what I said, but all I hear is, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. And I almost wrecked. 
Well, no, what actually happened was... I and, was then, and I just waited for you to finally come on the phone, and you never did. You just hung up. Here's what actually happened. We have a Smallville episode to talk about in here somewhere. <laughs> I was driving. I was calling you, and I actually... Yes, I did have that on the radio at that very moment. <laughs> <laughs> he called and requested it, even. Even worse, added on the iPod. <laughs> It was on shuffle. Don't blame me. Don't it was on. Sure, it was. It was on Rickroll. That's what it was on. It was on repeat one. <laughs> it's the only song on my iPod. <laughs> I did that one night to Cram. He was on Instant Messenger, and you know you can make it show up what your iTunes track is. Yeah. I took. I took never gonna give you up and put it like thirty times on a playlist so it would just keep playing. So when it said it said Derek Russell out next to it, it said never gonna give you up Rick Astley for like four hours one night. <laughs> anyway, I was driving down the road and I dropped the phone on the floorboard, and I and I got it and, and hung it up real quick before because before it called him and I was thinking that would be hilarious because it landed right by the speaker and I was like that would be classic if I just Rick rolled him and and sure enough I did so. And speaking of phones calling while they're on the floorboard, you were the king. Of the pocket phone call, sir. Thank you. Hey, I get a message today, and I'm just listening to a conversation with Derek and somebody. Well, if you got to be good at something, be good at the pocket phone call. That's what I got to say. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for the huge response to Traveler. We didn't have a single complaint about that episode, which is rare for us. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's, it's some crap about us not getting an episode up timely enough, and I had it up within 12 hours of Smallville airing. I thought I did pretty good. Or some comment that's like, hey, how about this? Talk about Smallville. <sighs> you know, But we didn't get off topic once, so we're good. Not at all. Not at all. We're good. Uh, and we're eight. Which may explain the uh, the situation tonight. Yeah, we're... 17 minutes in, and we pretty much wrecked that <laughs> ship. And we want to send out congratulations to Adele from Australia, one of our big members on the, the forums. She, she, oh, we're switching to Toto from Rick sure Astley now. Um, we, uh, Adele, one of the moderators on the shoe forums, actually did a post about, not that we talk about shipper relationships here on the House of L, but... She did a post about the Chloe and Clark, and I can't, you know, I used to be able to do it back when the guys were on here before you, Steve, but I can't do it tonight, what I called it, because of my throat. Mm. You, you put that extra inflection on the Clark, Clark you know, the, yeah, yeah. She did a post, and it was on Watch with Kristen on E! Online. Mm. It was one of three, was a post for Clark and Lana, Clark and Lois, and Clark and Chloe. There wasn't one for Clark and Lex, thankfully. Well, you know, Adele deserved that after the battle she went to the other week. Hey, and all I got to ask is Adele, what, you couldn't have mentioned House of L when you were doing that post? You couldn't have thrown a mole in there somewhere? No, I'm just playing. She did more than enough after the whole television without pity fiasco. And thanks for everybody sticking up for us on that. We got a boatload of emails. It was like, yeah. You guys are great. Them. You guys get yeah. warm fuzzies. Wow, um, let's get into a bit well, of small. Hey, before we do news, that, and just that, in the well, I guess this will be Smallville news. Go for it. No, sir, you've I'm, already interrupted. I'm sorry. Well, because turn. we were talking shoe, and this really isn't Smallville or shoe news, but um, the the Superman litigation 
Well, we make that slash, you know, it's that no, Smallville okay. slash Superman news, but there's there's always that, because, you know, people are confused, it's like, you're just a Smallville podcast. No, we if there's something big enough going on, we'll talk about Superman too. But yes, the, the litigation with the Siegel family has reclaimed their shares to the Superman franchise, which has been an ongoing legal battle for many years now. It's been seven or eight years, hasn't it? Yeah. At least. Now, people want to know, and what what actually that's stemming from, if you don't know, is after Superman's inception, it was sold to Action Comics, which later became DC, after teaming up with uh, Detective Comics. and Or not teaming up, but they weren't Action and Detective already? Um, action, the yeah, they were all under the DC header, but it was yeah. from Detective Comics, which was which is a little bit older than right. Action. And then it all just became DC even though some Supermans are now called Action Comics. But um, they sold, and I never knew this until the day how much it went for, they sold the rights to Superman for $130. That was in the 1940s. I don't I'm care. I'm saying that's like $200,000 back then. 70 years ago this year, so... 38? Yeah. Yeah, nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the seventieth. It's the seventieth anniversary of Superman this year. Yeah, so they sold it to Detective Comics for a hundred and thirty dollars. I, I that just is mind-boggling to me. I know, I know. Like now, that would be X amount of money. But now everybody's worried about how this is going to affect Superman, Man, and Steel, the Justice League movie. I hope it affects the Justice League movie and Smallville ultimately, and we won't know that for a little while. Actually, by the time it actually starts affecting stuff like that, Smallville may already be off the air and done with season eight. Um, did you hear who is in... This may be a complete rumor, and I haven't talk, called anybody about this, as I actually just read it today. Who they're talking about playing Clark slash Superman in the Justice Nick League? Nick Cage. Hayden Christensen. <sighs> Like I just wanted to like sit in my room alone and weep after. Well, that. you know, mm, I'm. I, that's not. No, that's no, not no. Right. I'm in the that's minority. Superman. In that I liked the prequels, and I had very little problems with Hayden Christensen in the. Uh, in fact, if you uh-huh. listen to the way Hayden Christensen delivers a lot of his lines. I thought you were going to say, in fact, if you listen to Geek Out Loud. If you listen to Geek Out Loud, I'll be talking about that in my episode, (laughs) Celebrating Star Wars on its 60th anniversary. That'll be episode 11. Um, Yeah, that's 30 years from now. Um, Wow. (laughs) Hang with me, man. Stay up. Stay with me. Uh, I didn't really have a... If you listen to him deliver his lines in episode 2 and episode 3, there are times where if you were to put the James Earl Jones voice doing those... He had a lot of similar inflections and stuff um, to the way Darth Vader would always talk in the in the original trilogy, but I do not. He that's not that's not a wise move. Hayden Christensen as Superman would not work. Nope, 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 nope. So time will tell how this ends up affecting the film and television unit of Superman Prophets. Well, you know, shameless plug coming back around the second episode of Geek Out Loud. I talked about the that's litigation. the first warning you've ever given for one. Yeah. <laughs> by the way. Well, I, because I'm not intending this to be a shameless plug, but I talked I call about bull. litigation. 
Well, anything, you know, hey, if I can get it, I'll take it. All right. But I talked about the litigation that was going on, and at the time, this is what I said, and I stand by this, that honestly, DC Comics and, and, and by proxy, Time Warner, should have bent over backwards to do whatever they could do for the Siegel family and anyone in the Schuster family to, to make sure that they're set for generations to come. I because agree. with Superman profits alone, they can do that. You know, <laughs> Superman now, ain't going anywhere. Right. And now as it stands, I mean, you know, within two years, there's a potential that the sequels could take the character of Superman, you know, and I mean, this is out there, and just go to Dark Horse, you know, or somewhere like that and say, hey, we've got this character, you know, how about paying us to publish him? And, uh, you know, and there he is. He's gone from the DC Universe. How scary would that be? Well, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's a rich history, and you want the creator's families to be taken care of. And so I see uh, their end of yeah, things. Definitely. But, um, but you know, from from a fan standpoint, too, there is some fear, you know, because what will this do to the movie? What, you know, is, I agree with you that Smallville will probably be over by the time all this would take place with that. But, you know, it's already, you know, I don't know. I mean, what, what will it do to the comics? What will it do to the movie? And so exactly. it's going to be interesting to see. We live in interesting times. It is deep, dark times for the Man of Steel. Because there's a lot of little, there's a lot of little nitpicky things as you read through some of that stuff. Because they're talking about the powers of flight and heat vision and like what powers are really Superman's. Is the S, you know, is that not like the coolest court case you could ever be involved in? (laughs) Like we're gonna bring in uh, 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 expert Derek Russell to on the witness stand discussing the well because you know because they are talking about is the S shield is that trademark you know is that owned is that something that the Seagulls created or what you know because it's changed so much over the years to what it is now and uh, so yeah just a lot of stuff that's involved there Denny Crane needs to get involved how does that work I I mean obviously the shield is trademarked. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand legal stuff. Oh well, sit back and I'll tell you a tale. Okay, go for it. Now, seriously, I, I, obviously the shield is trademarked. I know it is. I'm, there's no doubt about that. There was. Uh, um, there was even some discussion. I mean, they cover their bases because there was some discussion when it came time for us to be on the Smallville DVD on whether or not they could even use our logo. Yep. To be yep. on the DVDs, so I mean, they they definitely cover their bases, but. Um, you think about like the um, the smiley face logo is not yeah. trademarked at all. The guy who came up with the guy who actually drew that out for the first time, he never copyrighted it or anything. Well, you know, and with the Superman, I mean, you're talking about seventy years of history, right? You know, in 1938, copyrights and thirty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> copyrights and and creators' rights and everything were so much. I mean, so much has changed, even in just the past ten years with those things. That you know, it oh, is. Oh, you just had to drop crazy. by. You just had to drop by the patent office back then, and they'd stamp your arm and stamp the paper, and you're good to go. Now yeah. you got to send off stuff. I've had to copyright. I mean, it's it's tough. Uh, it, we when we were doing um, when Tucker and I were doing Man of Steel, I never had to sign so much paperwork in my life uh not for my house or my car or anything and i mean it was a stack of pa- I, I i forged tucker's name there was a st- <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> no, no, just kidding um i mean it was you know and there's no way to sit there and read all that stuff i mean it's really not i 
probably they can take my story and make a movie out of it, and I don't, I'm not going to get a dime for it. But <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there reading well, you know, some it, of that. Now. I have a friend. I have a friend that was involved in a business situation that he had to get out of, and he asked me to sit down and read through the contract that was written up. Well, there's a good idea for him. You know, to to help him make sure that everything was in order. And you I you do have the credentials for that, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, Derek, I dropped out of college in 1998 to work at Dairy Queen. Um, no, uh, it, hey, but no, hey, seriously. Hey, don't bash the blizzard. Oh, I'm not, dude. I, Dairy Queen paid for a lot in my life. We don't have a Dairy Queen here, so mm, That's sad. We but, used um, to at Grease Fire. But the words, I mean, just on, I mean, and I mean, and this is a simple, like, this was like a grass-cutting business, dude. And I'm like, this is too much. For a lawnmower situation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I don't even know what this word means. What is indemnification? It means mow. <laughs> no, it doesn't have anything to do with mow. I know. Uh, well, I just really think that. I mean, it's good that they that they are getting, you know, the ramifications that the, they'll be feeling this. The families will, but. When it gets down to the nitty-gritty of it, I mean, how serious can you sound with a case like that? Yes, we, our our, our ancestors, you know, uh, invented Superman, and we, 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 and you know, we go into the you know, the court case, and it gets down to whether or not it was, when he uses heat vision, does it look like laser rays, or does it look like you know actual fire coming out of his eyes? You know, or when he flies, does he? kind of jump up or you know does he jump out the window like george it's it's funny to me and it's not a well, laughing it is. matter I mean, but i mean i would love to sit in there on that just to hear what it well said. and you know I've, I've heard recently um there was another website that put up some stuff i think it was superman homepage if i can go ahead and say their name on here but no we like interviews. we like steve and neil and all okay. them over there well they put up They're some audio friends. interviews with the seagulls i saw that from, from 75 and i mean they just get yeah, they just get heartbroken at one point. Like, they have to literally change the subject because they're talking about Mr. Schuster and kind of what he went through post their time with DC Comics and Superman and everything and just how no one was really there for him from the business, you know, from, from all this that he'd put into and given to, that there was very little given back. Right. And, um, you know, and so you feel kind of what they went through, and it, and it is painful. You know, it does hurt. I think Mr. Siegel's widow is still alive. Yes, I believe and, so. And, um, you know, so here's someone that lived a lot of her life through all of this. And, but at the same time, like I say, that's, you know, and that's from the humanity side of it where, you know, in, in knowing, you know, we were such advocates for the writer's strike and, and them getting a fair shake and you want creators to get a fair shake as well. But then as a fan, you sit back and you have to say, you know, in your mind is the question, well, what now? You know, what's going to happen to this character who is an, I mean, he is an American icon. Exactly. Wow. So, I think it's very. I think it's all very interesting. I, I love legal and and court battles and stuff like that. So when you when you bring Superman into it, it's like, can I sit in there? I won't. I promise I won't say a word. I just want to be in the back. <laughs> I like juries. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I mean, how much do you think it's going to? See, I just don't think it's going to affect that much. Uh, well, if I don't see them being like, uh, no, you can't do anything with the character anymore. But boom, 
Well, it just depends on how, you know, Time Warner right now has a countersuit or a counterclaim or something, a challenge to the appeal. to the ruling, appeal. almost an appeal in. Um, obviously, this has already in some way affected the movie, the sequel. Oh, everything has affected that movie, I can tell you right. that much. Right but um, but you, know what, you know what really affected that movie? Them not using my story. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> yeah. But it goes back to getting some... Uh, royalties or or whatever off of superman returns right you know they're leaving the superman the original four supermans out they're like you know there's that's we understand <laughs> well, that's that, not but the superman that's returns perfectly fine because they lost money on superman returns so they could try and make money so, up for it well and that's the thing now tom warner stepped in and it just depends on how you know i don't know i don't trust big wig studio people a lot you know i just feel like that they could end up being what really screws this whole situation so up. You're, you're saying i shouldn't have signed any of those papers no, I'm glad you did. Oh. You think I'm safe? Um, I mean, they're watching you right uh, Like now. outside the window? Probably. I wondered what that was. I thought that was just like a secret <laughs> admirer or something. I promised right. Allie she could do an episode with me, but I haven't told her when, so she's probably outside right now, like, waiting to do one. What's up, Allie? Hey, Allie. Um, well, I hope it doesn't affect the character in a way that the fans will be affected by it. I guess that, does that make sense? It does, yeah. And I, if and it affects I, the character, way. I hope it affects it in a business sense and not one that in a, in a fan base sense. Well, you know, nowadays we live in a time where in, when it comes to the comic books, a lot of the writers that are writing you know, comic books now are comic book fans. And Jeff Johns, Thank who, God. Is, who's, who, yes, who is working on the Superman title, you know, he's a big fan. And you just wonder, you hate to see now the writers potentially have something taken out of their hands that they've really enjoyed you know and are doing real good with you know Ooh, jeff johns is, hey, has got big things shameless plug up. i get to have one finally pick up the next issue of smallville magazine my story is officially in there oh thank you way to go derek sorry we're proud of derek yeah, guys taking the spotlight away. i'm excited about it not because and i'm gonna tell what it is i don't care anymore um I don't guess I'll get in trouble for that, will I? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't care. Um, I'm excited about not from a sense that I get to write for it, but I, that I do get to write about a show that I love so much. But I was given the opportunity to write. Uh, it's kind of based on Steve's idea, really. Um, I wrote a history for Warrior Angel. Which is uber cool. Which there's not one, of course. The Warrior Angel's always mentioned on the show. We even see an action figure from an Veritas. And uh, action figures. I left that part out. Crap. Uh, (laughs) But I I got to go all the way back to the and create the inception of the character all the way up until the movie being filmed in Smallville and beyond that. So it was kind of making up a comic book character from knowing only a few details about it. You know, he existed, but that was all that there really was known about it. There wasn't a, a. Genesis story for the character, and and DC allowed me, and Smallville production offices allowed me to go back and create that history. So so now it's going to be there on paper, and it's going to be in the magazine, which is really really cool. April fifteenth, issue twenty. I don't know, it's twenty six or twenty seven. I can't remember. So I'm I'm just I hope it uh, I hope people enjoy it because I really wanted to write it for. I I really wanted to write it for House of L fans because everybody really likes that character of Warrior Angel and. Um, Given what all was going on with the strike while I was writing the article, 
a lot of that kind of in-universe stuff was was really needed at the time, and I I, I felt like that was something really cool, and I hope uh, I hope it's receptive. I hope people aren't like, yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I hope comes out of it. Um, I I really hope that in season eight they do an episode where they go revisit the character of Warrior Angel by having the creator of Warrior Angel meet Clark. That would be neat. Kind of I, I kind of really feel like after... I'm even surprised they did it in Veritas, but I kind of feel like after action, they just won't revisit that character too much. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way too, but I'm just saying, I've, I've got a story idea, guys, how that can happen and how it could affect Clark's life but if you'll do it. But technically, if they did have to have somebody... Well, let everyone read the article, and they'll know why I'm really geared up <laughs> for that storyline idea. <laughs> the, creator, Let's just... the creator of Warrior Angel's name is Steven. <laughs> oh, you'll read it in a few days. It'll be out. That's right. Oh, that's right. That was fun to do, though. That was... That was more fun than I've ever had to write any. Screw college, you know, that that was a waste of four years. I actually got something done with this. And you got so many shout-outs to the House of L in that thing. I do not. Don't. I mean, well, I mean, they're they're hidden. Like, they're Easter eggs. In no. The Name one. Sure. There are several. There are none. Okay. There's not a one. Yeah, it Everyone. just said, war, when instead of up, up, and away, War Angel always sings, It's too late for chocolate pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. And then he takes off. <laughs> and you and he was heard to be singing, Too late. <laughs> we never understood what War Angel smoked, but he was a good man. <laughs> always saved the day right in the nick of time. Uh, Smallville returns April 17th with episode 16, Descent. And all new episodes right up until the finale. Yeah, five weeks straight, yo. Um, TV Guide's still reporting that there is a sixth episode, number 21. D- yeah, that's not happening. I'm 97% sure. I haven't gotten back. I emailed somebody, one of my friends at TV Guide, who who was getting in touch with Oslo, but... Yeah, I just uh, that's wrong. That's not happening. That was just a mis- misprint or something. But th- that was a that was a mistake by Mister Osceola. Yeah, number twenty, Arctic, as we said earlier, will be the season finale. And um, I think last week I s- was talking about uh, an episode from season five, and I called it. Did I call? I I, I want. I meant to go back and listen. I don't know. We, you called it solitude. We were okay. I did call it solitude. Then we're fine. Okay. Some, yes, somebody yeah. emailed in and said, I, or uh, they thought I said fortress. What I was saying was, is I think, and, and I, I, I would put money on uh, even talking to a few other people about this, including our friend Craig, I, I would not be a bit surprised if episode 801 was called Fortress. Hmm. I, I, Could very well be. I, I wouldn't doubt that in the least. Unless unless there is a 21st episode, which is called Pi. <laughs> I just need to call an episode Mole and get it over with. They, they do. They really do. So, I don't know. If tonight was still there, he'd hook you up. Well, Steven's the man. Um, There's no room for Mole. And I don't know whether, if they'll, you know, I always wanted, if they'll use the ending and not use the episode title, I'm fine. I think I, I rather like my ending with everybody looking up. But the Destiny title, 
I just I feel like I've the, as much as I want that to be it, I feel like the last episode will end up being called Metropolis. Hmm. But it's gotta be. Could destiny. very well be. It's gotta be. Can you? I mean, it should a be a year from now, providing I'm still alive. Because <laughs> you know my luck. <laughs> provided, provided you don't eat any more sharp wooden objects. You know my luck. <laughs> We'll be facing the end of Smallville. We'll be a matter. In podcasting news today, Derek Russell has passed. We'll be a wow from complications involving a toothpick lodged in his esophagus. Stranger things have happened. Um, <laughs> a year from right now, we will be facing the final weeks of Smallville. When asked for comments, his podcasting partner replied, "Well, his fat ass would eat anything." <laughs> it then broke into some song and then flew away. <laughs> Anyhow, with any luck, a year from now, we'll be we'll be reporting. Well, yeah, regard if we're here, which I'm sure we will be, because we we don't have a life. We'll <laughs> we'll be. I will go ahead and say that is true, sir. We'll be staring down that maybe I can get Steve to move to start. Well, before that point, we can actually do an episode in the same room. We'll be staring down the barrel at the end of Smallville. It's too late for chocolate. <laughs> I can't even have a serious moment on this freaking show. It's so sad. See, that was you. I did. I was just listening to your point, man. No, yeah, that was you that just broke out into song. That was, dude. No, it was Steve, not. Don't even lie to the nice people at home. They all know that. Everybody was knows. Everybody knows. Just like the April Fool joke on Tim. Oh, by the way, I pulled that conversation up and sent it to Tim. Ah, he knows it was you. <laughs> it was you, pal. Send the conversation to me. I hadn't seen that conversation. I don't have to me prove nothing yet. to you. Post it on the forums, yo. I can't get on the forums. They're down They're right critical now. error. <laughs> critical error. Um, Something's wrong with the pH balance or What something. do you think is going to happen? We're Like, what's going to happen to the House of L, Steve? <sighs> you stare down the barrel of well, this thing and we're going to be done. We're out of a job. We'll have plenty of time for shoe two then. Nah, that's true. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> Seriously, whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to shoe two? Well, it's harder to do with the self sync system than people might think. It is a bit harder to do, and um, like I said before, there's a need for this to be out, and there's not always a need for the other to be out. So that's true. It's too late. Um, Steve, stop singing that. Jeez. Never gonna give you. Up. Speaking of TV Guide, though, that we talked about about ten minutes ago, Alice Mack was featured on the returning favorites cover on the current issue. She was Can we say she Smallville? was featured? Yeah, everybody on there was featured. Okay. The TV Guide logo was featured on the TV Cover magazine. Okay. My Warrior Angel article will be featured in the Smallville magazine. <laughs> Steve is featured on Geek Out Loud at geekoutonline.com. That's, that's right. That's Did right. Did we clear that up or shall I go on? Uh, That's fine. Go ahead. Tim is featured on Your Fired Monthly. Now, it's... <laughs> Are you there? Did I lose you? I <laughs> That's terrible. Um, 
so that was cool to see uh, that they're actually you know representing the show a little bit more. Hopefully, there's going to be a lot of promotion leading up to the eighth and most likely final season of the show. As much as I hate to say it, but if you want to feel some nostalgia, if you want to go back and remember the show in in its inception and from there on out, the season six official companion is shipping from Amazon and other respective sources right now. You can go over to smallvillepodcast.com, our home on the internet, and pick up a copy and have it shipped directly to your doorstep or whatever doorstep you would like it shipped to. It's for a great price and for a great cause, and that's Craig Burns' checking account. Uh, Craig is a good friend of our show. He runs Krypton Site, and I've had this book for a few weeks now. If no other reason to pick it up, go out and pick it up, because House of L is, is mentioned in it. House of L is featured in it. Yeah, and if you'll go actually order it from the site, you'll help the site mm-hmm. out. You'll support us. That would be us. It's always good to support the House of L. Yes. We support you guys. Adele, Adele, to. you were on E Online. We supported you. That's right. We gave you the big shout out. But Australian money is no good here, unfortunately. So, is it? I mean, I'm sure you can convert it, but where is Australia? Are you talking to me? I don't know. I kind of just sometimes think of you as this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't you respond? <laughs> Why won't you look at me? Dude? It is really too late for this, guys, and I apologize. It really is. Hey, they wanted they oh, wanted man. a two-hour episode. They wanted the same length as Traveler. They didn't say what we had to fill it up with. I'll tell you that much right. right now. <laughs> yes. Um, so get the Season 6 companion. Get all of them. Uh, Paul Simpson wrote 1, 2, and 3. Craig has wrote uh, Seasons 4, 5. Or has written, even. What did I say? You said has wrote. Has wrote? Has I swear wrote. I did not say that. Yeah, it, yeah, you did. Well, I didn't drop out of college like some people. Uh, to work at Dairy Queen. <laughs> uh, he wrote 4, 5, and 6, and is writing yes. the official Season 7 companion as we speak, which will be about the episodes going on right now. If you were not aware, this is the seventh season. I'm sure Veritas will get an in-depth look in that one, as there were many changes gone under between the original inception of the episode when uh, the strike was happening, and what it became when it aired Thursday night. Um, and all the hubbub leading up to it, and all the kind of dis- I hate to say people were disappointed, because, you know, real good, real good episode. Really well done, really... Uh, it was very poetic, I think is a good word for it. It was kind of an yes, artsy it, episode. It was really good. I mean, there was a lot that went on, and... Um, you know, I hadn't, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't been on the forums to really see people. Well, that's because they're down. You know, the listeners of House of L's reactions. That's because they're down. Right, but I mean, even before tonight, I haven't really been on on the forums to check them out to see what people are saying. Are people disappointed? Uh, the the number one disappointment, I think, has been flight. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, um, well, I don't think the Lana fans are too happy either, but... Uh, I think flight has proved to be a disappointment. I think um, I think they thought there was going to be a little bit more Brainiac in it. Yeah, yeah. And there wasn't. Um, what do you feel about that scene at the beginning with him as the um, the bird? Very cool. Uh, I, I, was that a reference that. to anything? Not to my knowledge. Me either. Uh, he was watching. I mean, Kara I don't know, but I, I liked it. I liked that do idea. the chores, and then she. She hears some commotion in the barn, and she goes in there, and he appears, and he begins talking to her about Krypton and Kal-El, and she tries to play dumb, but, you know, he he knows that she is Kara, 
and uh, she doesn't exactly know who he is yet, but she kind of starts listening to what he's saying a little bit, even though she's trying to shrug it off, because she doesn't want to give her and Clark's secret up. Say something. You know what? I see what you've done what? here. You've slipped into the recap of the episode. Exactly. Seamless. Very smooth, oh, sir. That's... Allow me to be the speed bump. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, no, there was one scene as as she begins to kind of you know realize that he knows more about her. There was one part in that scene and she, he knows more about her than what she thinks he may. She goes ahead That's and tells mouthful. him, you know, people have tried to. Yes, people have tried to um, use that type of thinking on me before, referring to how he's trying to play on her missing Krypton and that kind of thing. And um, you know, Kara really steps it up and just faces him down. I thought very well. She's come back in a big way since her weeks as as. Uh, bachelorette linda living in wherever she was detroit detroit that was rock city yeah what was she doing there she was serving coffee That's extremely that was something that was that's still extremely weird to me they never mentioned why she ended up in detroit and why she didn't have her powers because Jarrell is a kiss fan man i'm just <laughs> i mean obviously Jorel fixed the equation or some other... Kal-El, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. But it was just kind of... She was just like, bam, Detroit, middle of the road. I don't know. I thought there'd be some significance to it at some point, obviously. There was no... Kal-El, the move you're making is as stupid as Kiss making a disco song. Ah-ha-ha, ha-ha-ha. Steve... Anyhow. Steve's got jokes. But there she was in the barn, and then Clark showed up. Yeah, and meleeed on Brainiac. Dude just shoulder-blocked him right into the pump house. And, and he hops up, and he says, you know... We'd done this my way, nobody would have gotten hurt. Wham! Right through him. And takes up and flies away. Which, by the way, everyone who doesn't live in a rural area, what that the reason there was water pumping out, that is the pump house for the well of the farm. Steve was out there earlier tonight. Well, uh, yeah, I just know how things like that work. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, Brandy, I mean, even though this wasn't the finale... It started out like one. Oh, it really did, yeah. Yeah, there, and there was a lot happening in it that had that, you could tell it had that finale feel to it. From, you know, even some of the music cues that it's like they, they've saved since, I believe, like the fifth season for a premiere and a finale kind of thing. There's some neat music cues that you don't really see a lot through the regular part of the it season. It was very much that feeling when, when Lex got sucked up into the ship and the Zod emblem was burned into the field. It yep. had that same kind of, yep. <clears throat> you know upping the ante a little bit feel to it. But, um, yeah, it's just really interesting how they were able to do that with so little time, get an episode together, make it the, make it the finale, then find out the strike's over with CW orders five more episodes. Okay. We still have a cliffhanger, but we can make the cliff a little bit higher now. Yeah. You know, we yep. can, we can, we can make them reach towards something a little bit stronger. And, um, so, you know, where we were going to be left with these characters, <clears throat> for the most part, there's a few characters that we can't vouch for because of uh, events happening in episode 16, episode 20, but Brainiac and Kara were going to be gone via... Was that a boom tube? <laughs> Was it? <laughs> what do you think, Steve? 
Oh, are we going to jump to that point I'm in the episode? Gonna, I'm not going to say. Well, I'll get, well, all right, we'll get to it in a minute. As the episode progresses and we move forward, what we've found out is Brainiac is after Kara for something. Um, you know, it says so there in the beginning moments, but <clears throat> he doesn't say what he wants. He leaves. He he has pretty much just told Clark that somebody's going to get hurt because, you know, he just pissed him off pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, and as you know, well, I don't know. It, this episode kind of was like a valley. You, you got real, real high, and then you dropped off, and you got real, real high, and then you dropped off. Uh, you think? Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. From that point, the rest of the show seemed to be on a slow climb that never really got to the cliff to hang. Mm-hmm. You know, and um. Even though it did start out huge, it started out really cool. And again, this is, I liked the episode overall. Um, I mean, it was Brian, um, Brian and Kelly writing right, for Crying right. Out Loud. And, uh, and what did James Marshall directing? Yep. I mean, you've got, you've got Smallville alums there. You know, I mean, these, these are the people who've been with the show the longest of anyone on that staff now, the creative staff. And, um, they know what they're doing when it comes to writing Smallville and putting an episode together, so they did a great job. Right. And, uh, you know, I think what really gets interesting is when Brainiac finally goes to ISIS, and there's Lana. Yeah. And Lana, of course, knows who he is and can't get away from him. And, I mean, and he doesn't really, he doesn't do the villain, the Bond villain thing, if I'm telling you what I'm doing, you know. He just looks <laughs> at her, jabs her in the head, sticks some things uh, in her eyes. Yeah. Well, and um, uh, just leave it, right. you know, all messed well, if up. I can't jump ahead. You can't either. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was what. What do we come back? Well, we to? come back to the um, back at the farm again with Clark and Kara discussing that that was Brainiac. Kara doesn't know because because oh, she yeah. says, you know, why why didn't you tell me there was another Kryptonian here? And he says he's not Kryptonian. He was built by a Kryptonian. He's a machine. And uh, but even leading up to that, we need to talk about the episode title Veritas. Veritas. As Latin for truth, Veritas is the secret society that was made up of the Luthers, the Teagues, uh, the Swans. <clears throat> My throat is absolutely killing me tonight. And the Queens. Did I say the Queens? The Queens. Um, we are the champions. Um, and they were going, they had heeded the warnings, not even the warnings, but the foretold prophecy that a traveler would be sent to Earth and they were going to be the ones with their money and their power and their influence to issue in this new era with the traveler. And we see throughout the episode of kind of what became of that and we actually find out last week that Lionel had members of Veritas killed. Um, Actually, Lana took care of one of the members, but... Um, right, right, and, and right. Jane Seymour was even originally scheduled to appear in Veritas as Genevieve Teague, but but her schedule did not permit. So we, when we get to the flashback, we see uh, Edward Teague and 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 Robert Queen and Lionel and a really unnecessary shot of a wheelchair. I, I felt mm, no yeah. need for it. Yeah. Um. We we can talk more about it in a minute, but I, I think everybody knows what we're talking about. When we come back, Clark and Kara are talking about that this is Brainiac, and you know he we're trying to figure out what he wants, why he's here, and there's no way to track him. He says, you know, I've been trying. Clark says, I've had Chloe all over this for the past 
you know, several, several weeks ever since the last time Brainiac showed up. And there's just... Well, and this is the first time that um, that Clark, in that conversation, he mentioned Zod to Kara. Yes. You know, he's, he says... You know, and says that's what he wanted the last time he was here. And he says, could... Which I always thought was really funny, because when you think of Brainiac, you think of him not... And I've never said this on the show before, I don't think either. You, ever, you would think of Brainiac of being his own instance. He's his own entity. And you don't think of him bowing before somewhere, someone else. And he really, in in solitude, he really seemed to be kneeling before Zod. You know, he was he was really it was so Zod could lead, and he would be a follower almost. Um, well, you know, and I and I think that speaks to the power. Oh yeah, of Zod. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, more than anything else, I think so. And uh, and and it's interesting. What one thing I've liked about Kara being on the show is that she lived on Krypton enough to know, you know, how bad Brainiac is and how evil Zod is. I mean, just the the fear and the, you know, I mean, everything else was forgotten when Clark mentioned Zod for a few, you know, for a second or two, where she's like, you didn't release him, did you? You know? Right. Uh, I really enjoyed that talk because he even says, you know, would it have been something your father would have done? And and she says no, you know, because our dads didn't get along. And she says no. If there's one thing that Zorel and Jorel agreed on, it was their hatred for Zod. Well, you know, and Clark tiptoed around that little issue pretty well too, because he said, "I know your dad made some bad choices in the end." Yeah. You know, he didn't call her dad an evil, you know, bad guy. He just said, "I know he made some bad choices." And he did, you know. So yeah, he did. And and I just, I mean, I thought Clark. It was just good to see Clark handle that situation. You know, I mean, that was just a great conversation. It's good to see those two trusting each other. It's good to see them trusting each other, but do you you get the sense, and I do even more than the first batch of episodes this season, the way Tom is delivering his, well, even the way they're writing for Tom now, the way Clark is being written, his words are so much more like Superman. I know I've said it in the past. I said it in Hero and I've said it in Traveler. The stuff that he says sounds so much more like Superman than it does Clark Kent. Well, you know, and 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 it needs to. It, it's time for him, and it, and he has for a lot for a big part. We talked about this last week in Traveler, that he's moving on to some more mature conflicts about who he is supposed to be now, right? And um, you know, and so he's put behind him a lot of the childish conflicts that we enjoyed when he was a high schooler, you know. But now he's a grown up, you know. Now he's stepping into adulthood, and and it's good to see that, you know, him becoming that. And I think that's why everybody was okay when season one with him not flying, but now in season seven they're like he needs to. He needs time to, to step it up, well, weenie boy. You know, and I, we'll talk about that when that scene comes along, because uh, there's a lot to dissect in that. We go to the Daily Planet, and Lois is looking for a big break in her story, and at the same time, Jimmy is too, and Jimmy wants to work with Chloe, but Chloe has gone off to Clark's beck and call, which obviously has something to do with Brainiac. Um, but before that, let me, I, we did leave out the big thing, the big reveal with Brainiac is... Kara makes the comment, everybody has to be fueled by something. Something has to fuel Brainiac. Yeah. yeah. So so that's how the story develops in that. Um, so Jimmy and Lois are talking, and this is really the first. Now, they, they kind of teamed up um, once before, but this is really the first uh, Daily Planet duo team up of, of Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. And, um, and Jimmy checks Lois out, which was blatant. <laughs> it was blatant. Um, oh my gosh, that was so blatant. But she across her desk comes the across her computer monitor really is the uh information on Patricia Swan, the basically the pathology report. And and 
how she was murdered, and Jimmy makes the comment, you know, that and, and she the woman they fished out of the lake uh, last night. So, you know, this is a matter of days after Traveler. Uh, and, you know, he says, she says, yeah, and he goes, uh, I, you know, I believe we know where to find our story. It definitely has something to do with Lionel Luther because he was the last person to speak to her alive. So yes, yeah. we, we shoot over to um, Luther Mansion. Lex is still staring at the stained glass window. We, we've gotten several, I would say, almost... <sighs> almost ad nauseum. <laughs> um, I would say about 90 emails we got from Traveler to Veritas asked the same question over and over again. Has that Veritas symbol always been on that stained glass window? No. It has not. If you go back and look in the earlier seasons, that is not there. That was something well, let's added. Ask this. I guess a better question would be, has it been in that stained glass window since it was replaced after Zod? Uh, now that I don't know about. And I don't think it has. No, I, I think it's only shown up this season, like maybe after around Cure or Fierce. Because I will say this, in what what episode was it in season, was it season six with a little girl that can control glass? Mm-hmm. Fragile. Um, yes. Uh, that stained glass uh, deal from the Talon mm-hmm. was always there. Mm-hmm. And see, you know, I, when I went back and was watching, I, I noticed that, that that stained glass piece was always in the Talon. Right. And I thought that was pretty cool. But obviously, you know, um, that was just one of those happenstance things. They got lucky on said, oh, here's a set piece that's here. Let's use this. Yeah. With the Veritas thing, you know, that's obviously something they've stuck in there to... You know, which is fine. Oh yeah, I don't have a problem with it. You got it. You got to. You got. I mean, make... that library changed five or six times within the first three seasons. Oh yeah, so. there's no pool table in there that you can obviously see anymore, um, <laughs> unless they just happen to want it there. Hey, there wasn't even a skylight in that office until like season three, so That's or season right. two, so you know. Well, remember in the pilot, it was like there was. It was if you came down from the library part up on that little balcony area, you walked behind like a wall. You know, and they cleared that out of the way. Right. So it's gone through it, many different conceptions yeah. since its birth. But um Alexis little Miss Tessmacher slash Otis slash Mercy. Mercy. I guess they're trying to make it her more like Mercy than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, she's a lot more like Mercy than Miss Tessmacher. Well, Otis. yeah, because she's an actual assistant. She's not just eye candy and she's not some bumbling galoof you know and she's obviously deep in his trust you know otis reminds me of um mr luthor the drunk from andy griffith <laughs> he well he dresses just like him um so mr luthor i'm sorry they're discussing very I think he's coming mr luthor very openly discussing patricia's murder <laughs> and the fact that lex <laughs> is responsible for it and you know she says it's all been cleaned up it's all been tied up and he he is telling her a little bit more about Veritas, and he begins to have this flashback. He's holding the necklace that Patricia wore with the Swan family symbol on it, but it's also got the Veritas V at the top and the Swan Foundation. And <clears throat> my throat's not going to make it through the, this whole episode. I'll tell you that much right now. He <laughs> has a flashback to being a child, and it's uh, Connor Stanhope who played Lex in Fracture, and we'll also see him in, again in Descent. And we see little um, Jason Teague... In which they never call him by name. Um, you're just supposed to assume that that is him. But the, and the the guy, in the little guy in the white sweater, is Jason Teague. 
And then there's a little Oliver Queen. Of course, he's got his bow and arrows. And then little Patty Swan. And they're playing hide-and-go-seek at the Swan Mansion. I, I guess it's the Swan Foundation because the Swan symbol's up all over the place. And Lex goes to hide in the wardrobe. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and before he can get to Narnia, he is stopped by hearing a conversation between Lionel and Edward and Robert. Virgil's not there yet. Which and, I find funny because, obviously, I mean, it is the swan, their place, but Patty's already with the kids, but Virgil's not anywhere to be seen. I still do not understand why, in in two episodes of this, there has been no mention of Bridget Crosby. Mm. I'm just disappointed in that. I don't know. But, but I mean, didn't you have air grates in all your closets where you could see in another room? I know I did as a child. <laughs> well, you know what? I've been in houses that are like that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just being funny. But you he, know, so. he's listening in on this conversation between these high-powered moguls, these billionaires, and, and they're talking about Veritas and what to do. And Lionel, you get the feeling that Lionel's kind of siding against Virgil Swan. Well, it, it's it's Lionel and Edward kind of have the same idea as far as controlling the traveler and going ahead and seeing what's in this envelope that's there the whole time. But Edward's still on Swan's side, kind of. Yeah, but he's leaning toward Lionel, though. A I little mean, bit. They, you can tell they've kind of been in a little bit more of agreement. Um, and then, of course, Robert's just full-on Virgil. You know, he's full-on on, on yeah, Virgil's side yeah. and everything. And, you know, I think it's interesting how much sway and power... Uh, Virgil Swan had because, um, you know, and I don't want to jump too far ahead in the scene, but, you know, Lionel's big talk until Virgil rolls in. Oh, yeah, they they all three shut up real quick till till Virgil comes uh, wheeling in. Um, oh, that sounded wrong, I'm sorry, until Dr. Swan comes through the office, um, which I still feel like was uncalled for completely because all they would have had to say is, Dr. Swan's coming, and, you know, that could have been the end of it, but you see Lex viewing this wheelchair roll by the air grate. Well, the contents of this letter, this box, rather, um, that is made to look like a letter of some sort, envelope, is a mystery. Uh, now, if you go back, there's been talk about it on the forums, and I'm like, guys, go back and listen to the spoilers for episode 80. Steve and I pretty much tell you what it is. Uh, we won't talk about it right here, though, but what the contents of this box is essentially they're calling a way to control the Traveler. Yes. Should he be hostile? Should we need to? Some sort of contingency plan, a way that we can make it do our bidding or you know stop it from whatever is being done. Not necessarily it, it is the object to do this. It is just a way to do it. Therefore, people are saying it's kryptonite and stuff like that. And no, that's not the case. Yeah, at all. it's not. It's bigger than kryptonite. It's not kryptonite. I mean, I will just. I'm going to tell you that right here now. They pulled one over on me. If it is, I. But I definitely know 100. It is not kryptonite. If it is, I will eat my hat or a toothpick. I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> it's. It's. Not. It is bigger. I was. I will go ahead and side with you on that and say it is much bigger than kryptonite. Yes, so big in fact that they need to hide this secret away in a bank in Zurich, and Robert Queen will be taking it there personally. He says. I believe it was Robert, wasn't it? Because then that whole. Yes. Isn't that the whole yeah, point. He was getting the, ready to fly. Out. Yeah, he's getting ready to fly out. So. That's the whole point of that, and they're going to lock it away, and Lex watches him take the necklace, and he 
does a little twist and when he opens the locket there's a key inside and then Virgil you know comes in and flashback ends we come back into Lex's office and he takes Patricia's necklace and and does the same thing that he saw Robert do with it because he's remembering stuff and I said this in Hero I said you're going to realize here pretty soon that after the events of Fracture Lex some of the stuff that Lex has repressed he's going to start remembering and I, I said, yeah, that. and we had a big discussion about that last week, and I kind of disagreed with you, and I'm, I'll be the first to say I was wrong there. Yeah, I, it's really, and I didn't know where the exact pinpoint was going to come from, but after the shock, you know, after being shot and then being held by Chloe, he's definitely, some of those feelings he's repressed and some of those memories are coming back into play and he's remembering these things now it's very convenient that he just happens to be selecting the ones that help him get what he needs and in this case it is information on veritas because he's there's so much more going on that he just doesn't understand at this point so he does the same twist of the locket and when he does he finds a key and he he gives it to let's just call her mercy because she really doesn't have a name and and he gives it to her and he says, find the bank this belongs to. And he, she says, that could take months. And he says, try 24 hours. The bank is in Zurich. So she goes on her happy way. Meanwhile, Lionel uh, comes to his office at Luther Corp while Lois and Jimmy are outside. <laughs> you know, taking care of a plant, taking apparently. Taking care of a plant. And they, see, they ambush him when he comes in asking about Patricia. You know, they want to know all about the death, you know. And they show him the morgue pictures and say, and you know, like, look at the burn around her neck. The necklace that she's always worn, she always is seen wearing in pictures, has been ripped from her. And you can obviously, Lionel becomes visibly distraught when he sees this. He's, well, and, and there was a great moment in there with Lionel when Jimmy's just snapping the camera. I mean, he's just snapping pictures off. Put it down. And, yeah, Lionel just, I mean, just stops him. And Jimmy gets like one last little click in that was just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I mean, Lionel, that's one of those situations where Lionel was in full control and they show him one thing. And, you know, he slip, he starts to slip back into kind of the desperate Lionel that we saw in Traveler a little bit. You know, obviously he's disturbed by the fact that necklace is gone. Exactly. So we see him... They escort security out. He's worried this is gone. When they leave, Lois and Jimmy leave, escorted by security, he pulls a necklace off his own neck, and we see him expose another key. And make no mistake about it, that was the the crest of the Queen family on that locket. Yes. Um, and you'll come more into play with that later on. Um, so there was always two keys. There was one for the Queen family, and there was one for the Swans. All along. I, mean, I guess. I mean, obviously there was never one for the Luthers, and I doubt very seriously there was one for the Teagues. Would I be wrong in saying that, Steve? No, I don't think you're wrong at all, um, because we find out later on that it takes two keys to open it, safe Exactly, yeah, but that there were no, never more than the two keys. Um, and I don't, you know, I think that shows a little bit how, you know, Swan felt he could trust Robert, but not Edward and Lionel. Exactly, exactly. Of course, Edward was on his little quest for the Stones, yeah, and Lionel even makes mention, he said, you've been following your and your ancestors' footsteps and been looking for these magical stones for years now, which is a great little nod back to all of season four. Yep. So, while there were a whole lot of questions opened up in this episode, we did get to hear these nods that kind of tied up loose storylines. You know, we've... Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and, and you say you kind of fell a lot down because there are more questions, but I look at, I've always felt legacy was just this huge, empty episode 317 legacy was this, this huge, empty void because of the death of Christopher Reeve. And they never got the top of that storyline. How did the key come out? Where was the key? How did Virgil get the key? You know, all that stuff. Yep. I can let it go now. I, oh, sure. I really yeah. can after these last two episodes. I can I can finally put it to rest and be like, it's okay. I'm 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 okay with the fact that they there was no way to fix what happened now. And um as I always want to know what would have happened. Could they could Swan have been uh a de- you know how would he have factored in season four? You know, he was originally intended to be in Crusade, and then that wasn't going to happen. And then by the time they were actually going to have Christopher on the show, he died. And how was his character going to play into season four and the crystals and everything? And by the time they wanted that to happen, they couldn't. So they killed Virgil Swan on the show. Actually, essentially Lionel did, we come to find out. But before Virgil dies, he sends Clark the key, so Clark gets it back. So, you know, we've come to the end of the hills now. Traveler's aired. Veritas is aired. And I'm okay with what happened now. I, and I've always felt like that was the biggest plot point, the plot hole in Smallville ever was that. That and where the key was for the first, for those 12 episodes. Uh, yeah, and it's not and it's not that they weren't able, they didn't have a plan. It's just that they couldn't, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't applicable, and I understand yeah. that completely. I just still would have. Yeah, it was It was still one of those things. It was just point you thought that you were going to get a little bit of that explained since they were bringing Bridget Crosby in, and then for whatever reason, you know, she didn't really want to be on the show well, anymore. Well, you know, she, they wanted Margot Kidder to come on the show and announce Virgil's death to Clark. They wanted her to be the one to tell him. And Margot had a problem with that. She said, I'm not, she said, that's like me going on the today show and announcing Chris Ray is dead. And she said, I, I, I can't, and I won't do that. And she wasn't in an episode commitment of any kind. She was just episode by episode. And so when they asked her to come back and do it again, she said, I won't be doing that. And they had Jason T kill Bridget Crosby. Yeah. Um, so that created even more of a stigma on what to do with those characters and everything, which is another reason why I hate Bridget Crosby hasn't been mentioned all along, because they allude to the fact that there was a relationship between Virgil Swan and her, and I would venture a guess that that is where Patricia uh, Swan came from. I almost said Patricia Crosby. Patricia Swan came from, but you know they choose not to make mention of it. So while there were a lot of questions, and a lot of those are going to be answered, I guarantee you, by the time episode 20 rolls around, a lot of things that they opened up in tonight, uh, Thursday night's episode, there are there was some stuff that was, at least on a personal level for me, was cleared up from the past six oh, and sure. a half years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm glad you feel the same way in that. Um, but let's talk about the scene everybody's been talking about after we leave Luther Corp. Um, there's this amazing shot of Clark looking out of the barn and you hear Kara flying. You actually see her flying in the background of the barn and then she flies into the barn and is talking about how easy it is to fly. And, you know, she makes the comment. She said, you saw Brainiac fly away. You've got to get on his own plane field. You know, how, how are you going to do that? How is she going to do that? It's time you did this on your own, not asleep, hovering over your bed, not jumping onto a rocket, not jumping from a building to a building. It's time for you to leap off the ground and fly. And I think 
millions of homes all over the world thought we would see Clark Kent's boots hover even a centimeter off the ground for a second there. Yeah, oh sure. Did yeah. you? Um not in that I'll be honest with you, not in that scene. I, I really thought what we would see is Clark um go out of the barn and fall. Yeah. You know, I, take I a think leap. that was the same. And maybe you know, best case scenario, take a leap and end up in the cow field. Yeah. In the pasture. You know, worst case scenario, just step off the barn and ba-doop. Because you know, obviously he, he can jump look. very high. Yes. He can jump long lengths. Obviously he can fly. We know he can fly. He, he, you know, Cal El can fly. Clark Kent is still earthbound. I'm afraid of heights, and I'm afraid if I do that, then maybe I'm become more powerful than I can ever imagine. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, sure. It's it's like you said earlier. It's mind over matter, and he can do it. It's obvious he can do it. Um, it's or to stick with the Superman. Mythos, mind over muscle. Yeah, you know. We, so, you, you, and, uh, and 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 so you know, I, she steps up behind him, and they even did something. Mark Snow even did something with the music, where it was I had this little build going to it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then he just stops and says, "It's a waste of time." Yeah, she starts pushing him, and he says, "You know, this isn't helping." And I mean, it's this great little family moment between the two of them. But you know, he says, "We've got to find Brainiac." You know, that this is completely wasting our time. Uh, you take the you take the air. I'll take the land. What do you think he could be up to? We've got to find him. Boom, we're at ISIS, and uh, you know, Kara makes the mention that Clark sent Lana to ISIS so she wouldn't be there to see this. So she has gone to Metropolis to ISIS, and essentially Clark's going to blame himself for this before the season's over with. He kind of already. <laughs> do, I mean, obviously, already does more self loathing. Well, I mean. If it wasn't for him, Brainiac, you know, it's all, it's all, it's a, it's a pot of lies. So she's at ISIS. The, the power failure starts happening. Everything starts flicking on and off, on and off. Brainiac shows up and, as he says, does his little mind probe that we saw him do to Daxer. Only this time, and well, you know, I'm not completely convinced that Daxer is even dead now. Are you? Well, I'd, I've never, I've always seen the opportunity to bring him back if they wanted to. Right. Um, you know, because like I, I think we even had this discussion off air is that does he have to be dead? Couldn't Brainiac just go in and, because what Brainiac was looking for was knowledge to fully reboot himself. Right. You know, it wasn't a thing where he had to kill a Kryptonian to be restored. He's not a vampire anymore. You know, he's a computer <laughs> and he just needed, you know, he needed the programming knowledge. I well, don't here, watch that show. No, me either. He here, you know, what he's doing is, and you wonder why, you know, and there's that moment where, like, what kind of information can he get from Lana, you know, that he doesn't have? But uh, but the thing that he does extra here is he takes, and like I said earlier, these little squiggly other things come out and go into her eyeballs. Yeah. And I'm sorry, anytime someone starts messing with her, I wear contacts and I can touch my eye and everything, but when I think about something poking into them, ugh, well, you're, you know? You're a bigger man than I am because... Uh, the only reason, well, I, yes, I am, well, sir. The only reason I wear glasses is because I can't mess with my eyes. I can't deal with contacts. So, um, but yeah, he, you, you were right on. There's no Bond villain explanation. It's just, boom. What are you doing here? Hello, Lana, and bam, she's she's gone. Yeah, she is gone. And you know, and then in typical Smallville fashion, they cut away to something totally different. Yeah. Well, we're at the Daily Planet. Uh, Clark has just read that Patricia Swan is dead. Chloe comes in and he is, begins filling her in because he expects that she knows, of course, working at a, a 
newspaper like the planet why wouldn't you know all the news and you know he's like why didn't you tell me and she said i'm just now getting here what are you talking about so clark automatically assumes lionel did it and given the information he was given last week and you know seen about lionel watching him down in the krypton uh, kryptonite cage well they start looking and at, and the information that he kind of got from patricia swan that lionel had a hand in the deaths of those others yeah everybody else and and definitely in virgil's death too and uh, we, Chloe begins looking for mass power surges at places, a place where Brainiac would be feeding himself off of power. And number one blip on the map, most recent one, just a few blocks away in Metropolis, bam, the ISIS Foundation. So automatically Clark does his classic Lana and runs real quick. And I think that's one of right. the most familiar <laughs> things ever on Smallville is Lana, you know, and, and gone. So he gets there. Lionel is there writing Lana a letter. Clark comes in and immediately looks at him and walks right past him. I loved it. Lionel goes, Clark. And Clark just sidesteps and goes right around him and just starts calling out yeah, for Lionel like yeah. he's not even there. I loved it. And, oh, this this was my favorite scene of the episode. I have to say. Not yours? Not mine. Not really? mine. Really? It was because they're, they're walking around in the booth, uh, the you know, the Lana cave, and they're walking around talking, and... And Lionel's like, you got to listen to me, son. He goes, I am not your son. I hate you just as much as your other son does. Yes, that was a great line. And, you know, and Lionel is trying to warn him about what is happening. That he's he's being set up, essentially, for Patricia's murder. He says, I have kept your secret longer than you imagine. He's, gonna t- he's fixing to tell him everything about Veritas, everything about Traveler, him, the Teagues, the Queens. He's about to tell him the entire story. He's trying to give him the key. Clark grabs him and says, anything you have, I don't want. It's just more of your lives that I can't take. And he yep. just flings him aside, and he's, he says, where is Lana? And he goes, I don't know. The receptionist said she had a visitor, and then she was gone. And he knows, essentially, that's Brainiac, and he leaves. And then we see Lionel putting the finishing touches on the envelope, um, which says Lana Lang, you know, very important or whatever, and he leaves it on the table. And he leaves. Clark heads back to the Kent farm, goes in the kitchen. Lana is standing over the oven. She's boiling water and she's got her hand on the pot. And she Right, is, and this isn't one of and this is like an old fashioned pot that gets that every part of it gets hot. Exactly. It's not cow flour um, or anything. And uh you know, that's an eerie stuff like that is real eerie to me. And um and I mean I know it's intended to be, but those that's one of those <laughs> things that always kind of freaked me out. The person standing there being hurt and just taking it, you know, and um, Clark pulls her away from the stove and looks at her hand, which is all mangled up and burned, and then he finally gets her to look in his eyes, and um, she's just glazed at a over. point that I was very happy about was the, the cataract eyes. Yeah, she was just completely you know, glazed because over. And look, we'd been hearing Because we'd been hearing paralyzed, paralyzed, paralyzed. I knew it wasn't paralyzed. I mean, well, I, I, I said that's not smallville and this just goes with everything we've ever seen when a human comes into contact too much with, like, Kryptonian information or something happens. You know, you got Dr. Walden back in Season 2. You've got Lionel at the end of Season 4 and early on in Season 5, and now Lana. And it's that same look, you know, with those eyes exactly. all cataract over. Exactly. And let's just give Kristen a round of applause because that stoic face, she did an amazing job. She really, truly to, did. 
to still have to interact with the characters, still have to walk around, still have to write. I love that we saw Lana write in her Brainiana, whatever you want to call her. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> that we you saw her write in Kryptonian. I love yep. that, and she did just a freakishly good job of that, and I was very impressed with them because that wasn't Lana that we were looking at at all, and and as soon as you you knew when you saw her standing over the oven from behind, you were like, "That's not Lana. It's Kristen. It's yeah, Kristen Crock. I mean, yeah, that's not def- Lana." Right. So you know, definitely something something's not Lana's not there the way, or she you know we find out she is, but not. Not like we know her yeah. well, at this point. Kara comes in and, you know, she's like, thanks a lot for bailing on me. Why didn't you tell me what happened? And then she sees Lana and wants to know what happened. And, you know, Clark says, Brainiac must have done this. And Kara says it was meant for me. And then Lana goes over to the table and just starts, or brain, whatever, the, the vessel. <laughs> uh, yeah. she, she goes over to the table and just starts writing out, deliver Kara, Daily Planet. And he, Clark rips it up and reads it. He's still, he's still trying to, he's still trying to call Lana out. And he's like, yes, Lana, yeah. Lana, Lana, and Kara just speeds off real quick and heads on to the Daily Planet. Well, Clark is still very distraught over what has happened to you know the woman that he loves. Um, we go back to the ISIS Foundation. Jimmy and uh, Lois have now broken in there, um, trying to find information on what's going on. Um, they find the letter that Lionel has left for Lana, which is a picture of Patricia Swan's driver who shot Patricia, uh, talking with Lex. And and it's a letter from Lionel saying, I'm, you know, they think I'm guilty. I didn't do it. I have proof. Lionel, you know, please find me. And, um, unfortunately that message will not get delivered now. Not that it really will matter, <laughs> but no, yeah, right. So now Jimmy and Lois know that it was actually Lex that have done this and not Lionel, and they've been accusing the wrong person. Which it felt a little filler the whole Jimmy and Lois thing. I could have done with that without the whole thing. Well, I I liked it for what it was because I like seeing Jimmy and Lois work together. I guess so. I like it better um, than than Jimmy and Chloe. Yes, and or Clark and, two, and Lois. For that if nothing else, um, you know, Lois, of course, went after Lex during the whole campaign thing and all. But and she tried to go after him last season. You know, this is kind of if, if Smallville is a seven year long, eight year long origin story. You know, this is the origins of Lois and her crusade against Lex. Oh, Luthor. exactly. Exactly. You know, and and, you know, what better way than. Here she's found evidence that Lex Luthor had Patricia Swan killed, and we know that it'll never get to be able to come to light for whatever reason. You know, whether it's that Lex is her boss, you know, whether it's that Lex somehow gets rid of the evidence that everything gets covered up. You know, this is this is the beginning of Lois's never-ending battle. Exactly. Um, to to bring Lex to light and everything, and so I liked it for what it was. It did. I agree with you that it felt filler. But I appreciated what was going on. Well, then we go to the Daily Planet. Mercy and Lex are talking. Mercy says, we found the bank. Unfortunately, it takes two keys to unlock this safety deposit box, so we can't get into it. No idea if we've already begun looking for the second key, but basically needle in a haystack. Lex immediately goes to his briefcase and starts filing through stuff underneath, papers he's kept. One of these papers is the Daily Planet headline, from I guess October twelfth, nineteen eighty nine, uh, yep. uh, which is uh, I may be wrong on that date, but I think that's right. 
Um, Queen Industries CEO. Presumed dead. Missing, presumed yeah. dead. Uh, which is the first real thing you see in the pilot episode of the show that Lionel's reading. If if the Clark and Lionel scene wasn't my favorite, this was. Lex's flashback? Lex's flashback. Because it all comes full circle right here. Um, the whole seven years of a series came full circle right in this moment. Um, yep. Outside of Lionel's office at Luther Corp Tower, Lex is playing with a warrior angel action figure over the Daily Planet article, uh, well, the paper from that day. And he hears Lionel talking to somebody about um, the Queen's death. And not the actual Queen, but the uh, Robert <laughs> Queen. And uh, the you know, Queen is dead. They, Long live the Queen. They found the bodies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and he asked for the key, and the the henchman delivers the key to Lionel uh, for the box. So Lex is still looking through the door this whole time, and then Lex, Lionel picks up the phone and calls somebody, and he says, you know, yes, I've got it. I'm on my way right now, and, you know, we, we've got everything. Everything is in order now, um, which is a very eerie phone call, to say the very least. Um, well, because is he calling, you know, I mean, I mean, we know he's not, but to, to the casual bystander, he'd be like, yeah, I'm just calling the Rosses to let him know I'm on my way. Yeah. But I mean, obviously he's not because. Oh, sure. The key, you know, all this kind of stuff. So he walks outside. Lex is standing there. He's, you know, he says, where's your tie? And he gives it to him. He says, are you ready? I love it. Cause it was just, it was like the beginning of the series. He says, are you ready for an adventure? And that, that, I mean, that's that pretty much just jumpstarts the whole series right there. And he says, we're going to a little town uh, right outside the city called Smallville, and we're going to ride there in a helicopter. And it, I mean, it was it was the moments before the pilot. It's, yep. it's the seconds before the pilot, so I think that was very neat. The only, If I had one criticism of that The scene, paper's left on the table? It, thank yes. you, me too. I'm sitting there <laughs> yes. going, oh, go back and get the paper. He's reading it in the helicopter. You forgot your... <laughs> Lionel, you forgot your paper. Um, which I, Lionel Luther's uh, uh, an expensive man. He has lots of money. Hopefully, he had two copies of the Daily Planet that day. Oh, sure, he grabbed one right on his way out oh, the door. Yeah. Said, "I left my copy back there. Can I have yours?" Well, I would like to see that, but he because Lex looks back and looks at the paper on the table, and I'm sitting there going, "But it, but he has to read that in the helicopter." Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> Lex knows you forgot it. Why don't I'm you remember? Going, I'm sitting there going, "Yes, seven years, full circle." freaking awesome scene oh my god they just screwed the pooch he didn't even pick up the daily planet <laughs> in one small moment everything was the destroyed the series was shattered you know i was just like <laughs> no but i mean obviously. they created a paradox just that yeah. fast like from back in time in his own mind um that's right so when we cut back to uh to the modern day Lex says, you know, he says, I don't think we'll have to look that far for it. And she, Mercy says, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, it was like you said earlier, most things that we're looking for are right in front of us all along. So he, yeah. he now, we're going to talk a little bit when we get done with the discussion here, what actually happens uh, and where stuff was left out. But <laughs> the scene from the trailer happened after this scene. <laughs> I can tell you that much <laughs> right now. Um, Indeed. Well, no, we won't talk to but the the... The scene from the trailer for Descent was after that scene, and the scene with the box that from the original trailer for Veritas was it a trailer for Veritas or tra- yeah, it was Veritas, wasn't it? 
With, yeah, the trailer for Veritas. And the purple tie, and he opens the box. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. was in Veritas, and it, it, it was no longer in there anymore. That scene was originally in the episode. So we, which I will say this: the fact that they have to kind of they they ended up being able to spread things out. There is so much that happens. It it is nice that it got decompressed. But it's amazing to think they got all that in one episode. It really is. When you it go, really when is. You go back because that, that scene from, and we keep referring to the trailer because if nobody watches the trailer, we don't want to give it away. But that scene with the trailer is a good five minute scene. Uh, the scene with the box is a good five minute scene, and then oh the, sure, I mean it was boggling the, fast moving, and then the cliffhanger was a good five minute scene. Yeah. So that there's there's a lot going on, but some of these characters are still left, uh, left off where we see them. Um, obviously, the next scene is the Daily Planet. Karen Brainiac fly away. You know, he says, "Just come with me," and and nobody will get hurt. He explains what he's done to Lana. Lana subconsciously still can feel everything that can, is going on around her, and she is in excruciating pain, and he is controlling everything that happens to her. Every breath she takes is controlled by Brainiac. And Kara gives herself over in order to save Lana. Which I like that, fly. by the way. Oh, yeah, very much so. They fly out of the atmosphere very, very far into the distance. You see a small void and rift in space open up. Um, they fly out. It closes, and a sonic boom goes off that shakes a satellite right next to them okay based on what we had in the official description and and kind of how things went and the way clark was kind of anti the idea of care taking off and and some other things that we you know kind of found out early on i really expected or what i would really have hoped for and what i would have liked to seen was clark just say screw it and suddenly we get to see him fly albeit not as fast as care and brainiac and not be able to catch him you know, just have to. Even if he just fell into the back alley of the Daily sure. Planet, you know. Uh, yeah, I think, I, and I, I will venture to say that that was something. Well, I'm not even venture. That was something that was originally supposed to happen, yeah, and did not. And so, and, uh, that, that, and that's that, where my disappointment, my biggest disappointment well, in the episode comes. I think it's just time. Yeah, I mean, man. I understand they why didn't they didn't do it. it. I, you know, um, that th- there was an attempt, and it wasn't there. And it, there was an attempt supposed to be, I think, right at that point, and it just it didn't happen. Um, uh, but then you asked the question earlier: Was that a boom tube? Yeah. <sighs> well, there is an episode called Apocalypse coming down the pike. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that was. I really, honestly, don't. A boom tube is a temporal rift. Uh, from the comics and the animated series that enables Superman to travel to Apocalypse. Well, uh, it's to Dark Side. yeah, it's technology that comes from a planet called Apocalypse and a vi- and a character, a villain named Dark Side and the New Gods and everything, and that's their primary means of tele uh, transportation from one world to another. Are these and episode eighteen is called Apocalypse? Blah blah blah. Right. Look, go back and look at what Brainiac says to Kara in the opening scene, talking about making things the way they were. Right. Uh, reestablishing Krypton. Um, much of the way Zod talks when he uh, inhabits Lex's body in episode 601. So Talking about making making Krypton again. If I could speculate, and I think I've even talked to you about this off air. Um, we don't talk off air. No. What are you talking about? If I could speculate on anything, I would say that... Never gonna get. <laughs> yeah, so speculation, TV without pity, speculation. Um... <laughs> I would deal with it. 
I would think that, you know, it, I guess a boom tube would be the best way to describe it, but obviously Brainiac has some way in my mind to maybe travel back in time and, and keep Krypton from exploding, possibly. Mm. And that's his, that's his uh, motives right now for some reason or another. We do know that Brainiac will be returning in episode 718 entitled Apocalypse, which will be the 150th episode of the series directed by Tom Wellen. Promises to be a great episode. It's actually going to be kind of a nostalgic episode. There's going to be some familiar faces from uh, earlier in the series, some people you might not have thought you would see again. Um, No, I do not believe John Schneider will be one of those people. Uh, That's a big email we've got, and and people asking if if John's coming back. People email on the show, and I, I don't... No. <laughs> I better be going with him to the set if that happens. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, we may see Principal Quan back. Um, Coach. Oh, I don't know. Coach Arnold. Oh. <laughs> I was a 17-year-old boy. Looking looking forward uh, to an appearance uh, by Jeremy, the first meteor freak ever. Hey, you, you're, just, you're pulling out of the stops for this one. Th- Greg this really should is be there. Be, this really is going to be the... the it's a wonderful life of Smallville, uh, very much so. But I, but with a cool little twist, because it is Brainiac, because it is the 150th episode, and because it is Tom Welling directing. Um, Whitney, we'll but, see Tina Greer. <laughs> when we uh, when we cut back, so this was your favorite scene. Let me guess. At the Daily Planet. Oh with yes, Lionel yes, and with Lionel okay. and Chloe, definitely. The desperation of John Glover in this scene is so awesome well you know he comes in and he's looking for chloe she's coming down the steps and he says miss sullivan and you know i'll be honest with you based on what we saw in the trailer for this episode i really thought when i saw her coming down the steps that that's where that conversation was going to take place and that seems like a little thing right now until she comes down off the steps she refuses to hear anything he says i mean she does a lot like clark you know i mean she's really taking on she's trusting that clark is right about lionel and yeah, but he he definitely gives it to her a little bit more. I mean, he's grabbing her and shaking her and pleading oh, sure. with her and getting on his knees. Well, that's the thing. Now the the trailer you just totally happens. skipped over. He got on his knees, dude. What I'm going back. I just wanted to I wanted to point out the desperation. Jesus. Well, I'm this sorry. is what I'm saying. Like he's oh my god. He's he's talking to her, and this is why in the trailer you could tell he was a little bit lower than Chloe. And I thought when I saw her come down the stairs, I'm like, oh well, this was where this conversation will take place. Uh. Uh-uh. He drops to his knees and says, I am begging you to listen to me. Because what is coming is so terrible. And that's a line of Luther we have never, ever seen in this series. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Even, even when his own life was on the line in, in uh, Saul, you know, episode Saul, um, or whatever that one was called. <laughs> Mercy. Yeah. You know, he, even, even when he and Martha's you know, life was on the line, you never saw that kind of desperation, you know, that you're seeing now in him. And, you know, he talks about, you know, I've been, I, I changed. She says, how can I trust that you changed? He said, because when I became the vessel for Jarrell and his emissary on this earth, I realized how much, you know, was important and what was really vital, what was really important. And as he walks, I'm sorry, to me, the big image that comes from this episode is when he walks around the desk and he gets on his knees and says i am begging you to listen to me and chloe just you know cold as ice unfortunately nobody listens to lionel and the scene from the trailer happens directly in the seconds after the scene with him and chloe so uh 
she didn't listen and Clark didn't listen. And unfortunately, the the foretold warning of Lionel that was trying to give and trying honestly to give and trying honestly to be a good person and make amends for his mistakes is not heard this week. Yep. So kind of sucks. And we, we won't get to hear more about that until Descent airs. Um, so now we're at the final scene. This was going to be the the last thing for, I, I do believe, um, Lionel was going to be left in a different way in the original Veritas. Lex was going to be left in a different way. Didn't really see Lois and Jimmy again. Um, Kara and Brainiac flew off into space, and that was the way their cliffhanger for the season ended, and this is the way the cliffhanger ended for Clark, Lana, and Chloe. Clark has gone to see Lana at this institution. She's been hospitalized. He he kneels down to her. He begins crying over her. She says, Kal-El, you're too late, Kal-El. Mm. Now, there's a lot of reaction around the internet that believes that there is a change in facial features per Kristen, that there's a big debate that Lana dies when this happens. Have you read this? I've not read any of that. No. There's there's even an article on, on I saw on E online about it. People believe people are honestly believing that when that is said and Clark looks back at her, that Lana dies at that point. I didn't get that from that scene at all. No, it's not that's just not the case. I got Kristen that as Brainiac speaking through Lana. Yes, Kristen will be back next season. And but people are going, you know, the route of well Clark closes her eyelids. Well yeah, wouldn't you? I don't want to look at that. Mm-mm. That, you know, yeah, that, if, if somebody you love looked like that and and was calling you by a name you don't like to be called by and telling you you're, you're too late, I would shut those eyes, too. Yeah, and, um, you know, how cold? I mean, how evil is Brainiac at this point? You know, I mean, using the person that Clark loves more than anyone else in this world, you know, and then to rub it in his face that he could not save her this time. Right. You know, he's never not saved Lana. Um, even, yeah, you know, he's turned back time to save her for crying out loud. Right. And, and now he can't. And how cold, how cold of Brainiac. And I will say this, you know, Smallville knows how to do the emotional scenes. Um, you know, the, uh, Jonathan Kent's funeral was powerful, but even more powerful was at the end of Vengeance when, uh, Martha Kent sitting there watching the old home videos and he goes mm-hmm. riding off on the tractor with uh, with his dad, you know, and just the look back to the camera, bye bye. Um, you know, I was sitting there like holding back the tears at that moment. To last night, watching that, I, I didn't get choked up or verklempt or anything. But as Clark's sitting there, I'm like, this. I mean, it, what a it, it just really tugged at the old heartstrings. If I can use that old cliche. Yeah, and then Chloe comes in and she starts crying because her two best friends yeah. are are left in this limbo. Yep. Um, however, that was not going to be the final thing for the episode. No. That was just going to be the final, that was where we were going to leave Clark off. And I honestly believe this would be the first season finale ever with, that didn't focus on Clark or some variation of Clark, um, Cal, Bizarro. Yeah. uh, Anything like that. It was going to be of someone else. And, uh, that's how it ends for Veritas, but also how it begins for Descent. And we don't have to wait, um five weeks, you know, five months anymore to find out how that happens. We have to wait only three weeks, which I'm very pleased for. So well, that was it, Veritas. And I, st- I hope that Steve and I have been able to enlighten you a little bit more on how grand this episode really was in relation to what it was supposed to be, what it became now, and hopefully the bridge that it is making towards descent. Well, the questions, you know, that I have now, and, and this is what I'm, 
you know, if if I were watching Smallville on a week to week basis with the intent to if they don't keep my attention this week, I'm turning off next week, which I don't watch it that way at all. But if I were, I would continue watching because number one, I want to know what Brainiac's up to. Um, you know, this is classic supervillain plot, and mm-hmm. you know, it's so cool to see. And then number two, what is coming that's so terrible? I mean, we've had Zod show up for crying out loud. What is coming that is so terrible? You've had you've had Brainiac come through an asteroid field. Uh, you know, more kryptonite left on Earth because of that. You've had Zod come to Earth. You've had the Phantom Zone unleashed. What could possibly be worse? What it what what coming could be so much worse than all these things? Oh my goodness. It's going to be fun when it gets here. <laughs> I think it's um I think it's a new Rocky movie. Yeah, it's Rocky Six. So Rocky Rocky Seven, buddy. Um five oh yeah, Rocky Balboa was Rocky Six. That's right. I don't really count that one because, you know. It's a it's Milo a prequel was, to the Star Wars prequels. Milo is in it and yeah. Lionel's talking about the Justice League movie. Oh, okay. Well what's coming? It's so terrible. Uh, let's read some emails. All right, to? let's do it. This one is from Rebecca. Rebecca says, "Hey guys, what's I love up, the Rebecca? Podca- hey Rebecca. Rebecca says, "Hey guys, love the podcast. It was so great to hear all of your enthusiasm for Traveler. Truly was a great episode, and all the positive hype for Veritas, which I am pumped about. So this was a few days ago before <laughs> Veritas aired. And I hope Sorry, were- Rebecca. <laughs> well, I." I hope, I hope you were still pumped for Veritas. I thought Traveler was another great example of comparing and contrasting Chloe and Lana. It's been happening a lot this season. It was pretty huge in Traveler with Chloe knowing about the key and Lana having no clue, as well as the Isis foreshadowing from Wrath coming back into play. In Wrath, Lana is willing to kill for Clark, which is also the case in Traveler, and we are both, or we are told in Isis is willing to go to the ends of Earth, or we are told that Isis, excuse me, is willing to go to the ends of Earth to jumpstart the man she loves which is interesting considering Chloe said she would climb Mount Everest to save Clark and quite literally went to the ends of the earth, a.k.a. the Fortress of Solitude, to save the man she loves, which is what she confesses to Jor-El. Now, I, I just want to interject here. A lot of people are saying this whole I love your son quote. What do you take from that? Derek, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, here's what but I, we're not, okay. folks, but that's not gay love. That's just love between brothers. Now, not that anything wrong with that. <laughs> Personal preference is their own decision. Um, Chloe obviously knows that there is nothing happening between her and Clark anymore. They're best friends. I'm sorry if all of the, clon- uh, the uh, Clark fans Clark. attack me all over again. Clark. But I, I, you know, I believe when she says, I love your son, I, I mean, I've had friends that are girls that I've considered best friends in the past that I would say I love them. Yeah, that's not a that you know that's the English language coming back on us and how we use love for so much you know like I love pizza. Yeah. Um, she's just saying I love your son. He's my best friend. I, we've got to save him. Right. That's one of those. So, that is a that is just one of those. I don't want to say pure because it's not like romantic love. It's not pure, but it is. I think it's something even deeper than romantic love. There, it's just a, it is a. This is my brother. This is someone that's like a brother to me. Yeah. And um, like I, I love Steve. He's the man. That's right. He he does that show and he doesn't get them out that quick. But you know That's I right. love him. Geekoutonline dot com. Geek out loud. Yeah, the official podcast of. But I will say this: that's a great point that Rebecca makes about the contrasting. Because you know here's Lana who is willing to kill for Clark, 
But here is Chloe who is willing to die for him. And she says, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Chloe versus Lana. So there you go. Nice one, Steve. I agree with Steve wholeheartedly. Well, you know, then but, that begs the question, which is which is either the more noble or which is the more true love? Especially when it comes yes. to Clark Kent, who he is very adverse to killing. Yeah. You know, Superman doesn't kill. And, um, you know, but here's Lana saying, I'd kill for him. Well, Clark wouldn't want that. He wouldn't want Chloe to die for them, but I for him. But I think that I think that that's more along the lines of being true to who he is. I think you know. I don't know. There's just something greater. Love has no one than this. You know. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca goes on to say. Uh, also, I'm sorry to hear all of your trouble over at Television Without Pity. Says I'm a regular poster on Krypton site, and I'm also a mod there. Hey, I'm a mod over on Krypton site too. Hey, Rebecca. What's as a mod? Well, as well. <laughs> She says, I'm also a mod over, or I don't know, I guess she's either a mod or a regular poster at Dullivan Without Pity. And I hope the actions of a few haven't tarnished the reputations of others there in your eyes. I realize the situation may have left a bad taste in your mouth, but please know that not all our posters at Dullivan Without Pity are like that. I, for one, love that you guys are big Chloe fans. It, in addition to the fact that I think you have a lot of insight and are extremely funny, is one of the reasons I listen to your Smallville podcast. Uh, over many of the others that are out there. I didn't know there were really any other Smallville podcasts. I wasn't aware there. either. Because um, Chuck's not doing one anymore. Hey, Chuck. What's up, uh, Chuck? What's up, Chuck? <laughs> she, um, Chuck, she says Chuck, that Boba, Chloe's Banana the Boy. only great female character on the show, and to hear you guys gush over her is really refreshing. I just wanted to drop a line and thank you for all the hard work you do. P.S. Steve humming the Superman theme behind Derek talking about how Superman lit, Supermanly Veritas will be his comedic genius. <laughs> so we'll give props to Steve on that one. Well, I don't know um, if I'd go the genius route, but okay. Oh, uh, we're going to sign you up for that grant. I'm I'm guaranteed. So thanks for that email, Rebecca. The, um, thank you for, you know, I have to apologize for the actions of a few. It's not your fault at all. It was just... Uh, some misled people, I guess. This one is from Khalif in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Khalif says, In the Traveler Small Talk section of your podcast, you two guys talk about how you would like to see the series end. In the discussion, you two talk about how you don't want to see the suit, and it's been said by the crew multiple times in the series that Superman's suit will not be shown. But in the Season 3 episode hereafter, a kid named Jordan has the ability to see how people will die. Heck yes! Oh god, I remember the night that episode aired, and that was a tremendous occasion. Uh, he says, there's a scene where he touches Clark, and he has a vision of seeing Clark and the Superman suit flying in space. Doesn't, yes, he does. Doesn't that scene go against everything that has been said about not showing the suit? Not um, at all. No, no, I don't think so at all. Because he doesn't see the suit. No, you see a red cape, you see some instance of the yellow. <sighs> my God. Yes. It's like one of my favorite ever Smallville moments. Yeah, you know, we just always because we always it sit just around came out the said, blue, dude. Oh yeah, you didn't expect that at all. I remember we were sitting around watching it going, it would have been hilarious if you had seen like bony knuckles coming at his face or something. <laughs> like Doomsday's <laughs> fist coming. But I love that's one of my favorite ever things on Smallville. And no, because it's not A, it's not the suit, B, it's not Tom Welling in the suit, and C, it's not actually the cape with the shield on it. It's just a very much a nod to it. Yeah, I mean, you get the idea that the shield is there, but they never really showed it at that point, and um, and it wasn't, you know, the whole no tights, no flights rule is not 
we will never see the suit. And when we talk about seeing the suit, we're talking about seeing Clark in the suit. And uh, and we will never see that, and I'm fine with that. Right, right. So thanks for that one, Khalif. This is from Ellie in Suwannee, Tennessee. I was in Suwannee not too long ago. Way down upon the Suwannee River. Ellie says, hey guys, I love your podcast. I've been a huge fan of Smallville for years, and only a few weeks ago discovered Starkville. It's hope, a wonderful thing to listen to between episodes. And I've got a theory about why Lana was not with Chloe and Kara in the fortress when Jor-El restored Kara's memory. While there could be any number of reasons for her absence, I'm choosing to look at Chloe's monologue. As we've seen in recent weeks, the Lana Clark relationship has taken some serious hits, and I think that we must all at least resign ourselves to the fact that the two do not end up together. What? They don't? Hold on. Stop the presses. Back the train up. I didn't know. I'm kidding. I'm wanting television without pity to just strike me down all over again. Eventually, we will see the final breakup scene to end all breakup scenes. And for this reason, I believe that the writers did not want Lana in the fortress to hear Chloe tell Jor-El that she loved his son. This would have taken us down a path that we have been down many a time before. We've all seen the Clark-Lana-Chloe triangle time and time again, always with similar results. To have Clark and Lana break up yet again with Chloe even remotely involved would have put the relationship into a hard reverse rather than a satisfying farewell. Lana did not go to the fortress because the writers are reserving the dignity of what was left of the Lana and Clark relationship. They are preparing to give us the Smallville fans an acceptable end, acceptable, <laughs> acceptable end to the cockle, <laughs> acceptable end to the couple that we've all been on tender hooks about while still knowing from the beginning that it was doomed to fail. Keep up the great work with the podcast, and please don't beat yourself up too much over your tangents. I enjoy them. Hey, look at that. There's a fan on the ceiling. Uh, I can't wait to tune in for Veritas. <laughs> it will be amazing. Um, Incalculable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm completely... That's another one, Ellie, where I still just don't honestly believe that Chloe was professing her love for Clark Gant. It was... It was uh, It was pleading. Not in the it way that everyone not means. Everyone, that is, or the re- emails we've read means. So... I don't know. I mean, I don't really have any theories as to why Lana wasn't in the fortress. Um, well, we said know, last other... week we we made up our own backstory that that she needed to go to ISIS, and then we're sticking with that. But you know, and, in that um, red, original scene, she was there. So yeah, yeah. Really, no matter. Uh, this one is from Trooper. Trooper says, "I'm listening to the episode for Traveler right now." In the beginning, when is you that were... his real name? Trooper. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Trooper says, I'm listening to the episode of Traveler, and in the beginning, while you were joking around about what you would name the final episode of the series, I instantly thought it should be named Look Up in the Sky. Then Derek gave how he would end the series with everyone looking up in the sky, and I thought that was how neat it would fit in. Anyways, love the show. Thanks for taking the time to put it all together for us listeners. Uh, Look Up in the Sky would be a great name. I just don't ever think there'll be a small episode that's not a one-episode title. It's a trend that they've stuck with. For seven will be eight years. Yeah, the old one-word titles. Which, that's got to be the hardest part of writing Smallville. Nah, I would love that. Um, I would I love could, that. Maybe, maybe, well, look. No. Are you talking about the, the last one? It's, Metro- yeah. it's It's either Destiny or Metropolis, it has to be. I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, how could you turn that into a title for a, maybe Up? Eh. Yeah. Eh. Away. Mm. Eh. This one's from Jared. Jared says, I'm new to the podcast. Thanks for that email, Trooper. And also Rebecca and Khalif and 
in Alley. Uh, Jared says, I'm new to the podcast thing, but stumbled upon y'all a couple of weeks ago. I must say the shows are awesome. Thank you, Jared. They've been awesome, especially for the long drive between college and back home. You do such a great job and have opened my eyes to things I've missed in the episodes along the way. Lately, I've been re-watching to see some of the things y'all talk about. I hope to soon find time to get into the forums as well. He's my best friend and I back home. have been inspired by your podcast to the point that we're trying to start our own talk about whatever's going on, whether it be Smallville or some other shows or movies. It's definitely tested my patience so far due to my lack of skills with this sort of thing. That's okay. We don't have any skills either. Um, Speak for yourself. I've got bow hunting skills, (laughs) nunchuck skills. Super sweet. But we really have enjoyed it so far in getting ready for our first episode. He said, I was recently listening to episode 80, which, by the way, was great, and I can't wait for y'all's take on Veritas. Uh, Well, a few days late, but we're here. And heard y'all talk about an acoustic version of Save Me from Remy Zero. I looked everywhere and found it nowhere for purchase or download. Where can I find this version and keep up the good work? We probably got 400 emails asking for that freaking song, and I had to open my mouth. And everybody's like, send it to me. (laughs) No, I'm not doing that. Uh, Look for a CD. It's called Live in the X Lounge. It's some sort of um, charity CD live concert that they used to. I don't even know if they still do it, but they used to do it from year to year. They would have bands show up. They would do a live concert. Uh, Live in the X Lounge for a charity foundation. A radio station put it on. It was the X Lounge. They've there's probably like ten CDs out there. I don't even know what number CD this is. It's in my car. I'm not going to get it right now. (laughs) I might tell you next week. There's two aliens on the cover. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Two little green aliens. And uh, yeah, it's on there. Remy Zero, save me. And they they do an acoustic. I mean, I mean the drums and all that are there too. But that you know you can YouTube it. And there's a there's a performance on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, it's not the same one because this is an actual studio done. But right, but um, it's, I'm just saying it's there. Dude. Yeah, because I sent you that one, didn't I? So I did send yes, you that you one. Did. So yes, uh, check that out. Thanks for that email. This is from another Rebecca. Rebecca says, "Hey guys, I've been a shoe listener for a while now. I've got to say the latest episode that you did on Traveler was hysteric. Were we that funny? I thought we were pretty serious in Traveler. I never think I'm funny. Like I'm uh, surprised not, when people but... think I'm funny. Oh, okay." Yeah, well, I'm kind of the same way, because I'm sitting here thinking there wasn't a whole lot of laughs in Traveler, so whatever. Uh, I've never laughed so hard listening to your podcast than I did this time. So thank you, Derek and Steve, for doing what you do and running the podcast. I really appreciate it. I especially love your little comments here, and here, such as Darkseid's coming to Smallville and kills Chloe or something like that. I can't remember the exact details. I believe that was you that said that, Steve. Yeah. Uh, says, I was in tears. I can't wait until Veritas airs and to listen to your comments that you'll have on it. Thanks again, Rebecca. I keep reading these ones. It's like, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Veritas. And, you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's my fault. Um, the last one I want to read is from Peter. Peter says, I remember before the strike, you said that Kevin Sorbo was going to have an arc this season, or at least an episode. I've heard nothing of this since you first reported. Is this still going to happen? Love the show. You heard Peter. it here first. Kevin Sorbo <laughs> plays Kevin Bacon as Darkseid. In Hero Part 2. Uh, <laughs> no... And I'll tell you my thoughts on that. I met Kevin back, when was I in Atlanta, Steve? Dragon Con. When was that, September? I met Kevin at Dragon Con September. I interviewed him for House of L because he announced he had been approached about appearing on Smallville for a several episode arc, something very pivotal as he called it, but he did not know what it was about. Uh, At the time, uh, we agreed to do another interview when it came around. Obviously, due to the strike and some other things, it did not happen. My feeling on the matter is he was going to play Zor-El. 
Yeah, that's what everyone was kind of uh, speculating. Uh, and I still think to this day he would have he would have played Zor-El, and unfortunately he didn't get to. They didn't make it a multiple episode arc. They did it in the one episode Blue, and Christopher Hederall did did a wonderful Knocked job. Knocked it out of the yeah, park. Dude. Yeah, he did an amazing job with that character because um, I can definitely see him and, and Terrence Stamp being brothers. Yep. So yeah, more so than Kevin. Yeah, not that nothing against Kevin Sorbo. I would have loved to have him on the show, and I think he would have played a great Zor-El. But uh, given what they, and I may be completely wrong because I'm not positive, but I, I seriously think that that was originally what they had in mind in the direction of the Basically, season. Basically, Clark, changed. your dad hates my dad because he's so much better looking and stronger. <laughs> so uh, everything ended up changing, and I believe that's the way it went down. So thanks for all the emails this week, guys. We're not going to do spoilers while there are a lot. Um, Steve and I need a break. <laughs> I'm telling you right yeah. now, my voice is absolutely killing me at this very we're moment. We're closing in on two hours, yes. two big hours. Yes, now, I think we're past the two-hour point at this point. And for two weeks in a Rizzo. So we're going to take next week off. We're going to be back the week before Descent with some new news, some exciting stuff. We'll have all kinds of spoilers leading up to Descent, and then Descent's going to be a huge episode in itself. Could be a video episode. Gonna have to get a haircut if that's the case. So it's all it's all hinging on whether or not I want to get a haircut. Is basically. Are you gonna wear your wrinkly shirt? I'm gonna kick your. Is what I'm gonna do. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, uh, you hurt me in so many ways. I'll wear my red shirt if you wear your wrinkly. You're shirt. You're not coming. You already told me. Go to smallvillepodcast.com or housevillepodcast.com, our home, or geekoutonline.com. On the internet. Also, you can uh, go over to. Where else are we? Forums. Yeah, we're not on the forums right now. Forums.houseofhellpodcast.com. You can look us up on there, or you can email us at mail at houseofhellpodcast.com. Or if you've got an extremely amount of free time, you can Twitter us, if you have a Twitter, at twitter.com forward slash smallvillepodcast. And you can keep up with the events of what house, the House of Hell are doing right now. And Steve and I have our own personal Twitters, and you can keep up with us as well. Which I don't get the Twitter thing, so I don't do it that much. Well, you need to get into it, because I love you. Okay. Does that freak you out, man? Man, you're freaking me out, <laughs> dude. Twitter is a really cool... My, it's been called a micro blog and a few things. It's basically basically like a friend status update kind of thing where you can let people know what you're up to. You can converse with people, but not on the scale like MySpace and Facebook is. It's a lot simpler. It's a lot cleaner. It's one question. What are you doing right now? Yeah, it's just one question. And that what took me by surprise. I thought the questions would change. <laughs> like, Steve, like, what are your thoughts on the not- U.S.'s foreign policy? You know, that kind of thing. The first night Steve signed up, he was like, it's asked me like seven times now, what am I doing? <laughs> like, that's all it ever asked you, Steve. I'm doing the same thing I was doing 30 seconds ago, you stupid website. And an hour from now, I'm going to be sitting here eating Cheetos, watching TV, the same thing I was doing an hour ago. <laughs> I feel like a glutton for piping that in. Oh my god, it is late. We are going to take a week off and we'll be back with episode 82 of Star Wars Houseville the week of April 10th. You guys have a great, great rest of the weekend. We'll see you later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Wish you felt the way I do. I have changed. And I've realized. I was wrong I was wrong Now I'll never see your face Anymore
I'd do anything 